Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 72 of Thirst and Goal. I am here in my garage recording alongside, well, not alongside Ben, actually, Ben, you're about five or six miles away because we're still doing the remotely recorded podcasts. We're following the stay at home orders still because of COVID-19 and Ben, you're in the old studio where we usually record our podcasts outside where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, separated by six miles in spirit only. Uh, it is another week. Uh, we were counting the weeks that we were going to do this, but it looks like, uh, depending, uh, well, there was some clarification in Los Angeles this week. Initially, they said the, uh, the safer at home order would last until the end of July. Uh, but the director of public health asked, was asked to come out the next day and clarify those remarks that it is, uh, that it will be in flux over the next two months, that it will not be status quo as it is now for the next two months. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, masks are now mandatory in Los Angeles County and the city of L.A. Uh, that was something that was dropped on us this week. Not that there were a lot of people not wearing masks out in public anyway. Uh, but how was your week this week serving the public? Franny. Uh, I was, it was all right, Ben. It was another long week. And I think uh, your week was very similar to mine. Yeah, this was a, this was a long week. I mean, it was a longer week than I anticipated, both in terms of uh, uh, emotional uh, toll as well as physical toll. Uh, it was longer week than normal, but we hope we'll have a better week next week. Uh, but there was a lot of NFL news, as there always is, and there was the Jordan documentary to watch. So, uh, you know, all is not lost. There's Korean baseball on ESPN to watch. There will be baseball coming in July as <laughs> I well. I can't wait for that. With no fa- yeah, you'll probably watch it with nothing else to watch. No, they also uh, have the Bundesliga started today. So the German soccer oh, league that's right, that's right. started, kicked off today. Um so that that's kind of I mean with no fans obviously in the stands, uh, but it was refreshing to see some actual sports live sports that I actually care to watch because I'm not a big fan of Korean baseball. Ben, I'm not sure if you're a big fan of Korean baseball. I have never watched or, not since I was watching uh, any Yankee prospect, Hideki Matsui or yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I'm a, Ichiro. I'm a huge Samsung Tigers fan. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'd like to know. watch just to listen to the the American announcers pronounce the names of the teams and the players. Actually, the team I was while I was watching some of the highlights on ESPN. Hiring phonetic translators today, <laughs> and you know the team names are actually not that difficult to announce. You know, they're they're. It seems like a lot of the teams are actually sponsored by um, you know large Korean companies. So I think there's a Kia team. Uh, there's probably a Hyundai team. There's a Samsung team. And so, you know, I think the Sam, I think it was the Samsung Tigers. So, you know, it, it was, uh, I mean, it, oh, was, really? it was good baseball. I mean, it looked like it was good baseball. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what the level of the play is, but, you know, the highlights looked pretty decent. You know, they, they looked like what you would see for the MLB sort of. Yeah. And it's pretty high. I mean, the level of play is pretty high. I mean, they have, I don't know if they still have this in place. I should know. Uh, but there was a restriction in place for, for, for many years that if you sign a contract to play uh, in the Korean professional league that you could not leave the professional league for a number of years so there there were there were top tier players like Hideki Matsui and and Ichiro who had to play over there for a significant number of years before they were able to come and play, they in, play in the major they leagues. play in the Korean league or do they play in the, the Japanese oh, Japan, that's a Japanese yeah. league I'm sorry yeah. Japanese league. 
Yeah, the Japanese league. I mean, I know there are Actually, also... I don't know any... Well, there are Korean players, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, obviously the Japanese league also... They're, I mean, they're huge Very on good. baseball over there, but you know, they're not playing. But uh, Ben, what are you drinking tonight? I am, given the weather, it is now, and I apologize to Korea for getting the, the players' names wrong. They were from Japan, not from Korea. Yeah, you're not forgiven. I, I, uh, <laughs> the weather the weather is warm tonight. It has been warm all week long, so I have switched, and now I am drinking uh, some beer instead of the gin mm-hmm. tonight. I am drinking the Golden Road Brewing Company's 329 Days of Sun Lager. Brewed in Southern California in Glendale at their brewery. This is a very, very, very good smooth drinking lager. We tasted it on the show a few weeks yeah. back. It was uh, okay. What, yes, you're not. You weren't. A, you're a huge fan. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, you, it's not crisp. It just it's, wasn't crisp, Ben. It was kind of flat you're, you're, on you're the looking, finish. You're looking for that crisp, that that yeah. that just that bite at the end. Yeah, like Dale's, like Dale's Pale Ale from last week that we tried. That was a nice, refreshing crisp. Yeah. IPA, surprisingly. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I wish I had bought more of those. And what are you <laughs> drinking over there, Frank? Uh Tonight, Ben, I still have some of that whistle pig uh, left over that we tried a few weeks back. And uh, so I'm going to be sipping on that. And, uh, you know, once I finish that up, I have uh, some of the Glenn Farkless waiting in the wings over here. So I'm going to pour some of that in my glass once I kill off the whistle pig. I love it. And uh, how was the the German league? My understanding is that the NFL has sent some some uh, executives over there, some some folks from the league over there, to mm-hmm. see exactly how it is that they're managing a league that size. For maybe some tips and pointers on how the NFL could launch later this year. Uh, mm-hmm. How was? I mean, how did it? What was the energy? What was the vibe? Uh, I know there's a WrestleMania coming up, a pay-per-view without fans, if you're interested. I mean, they had, you know, UFC tonight, too. They had UFC tonight, they had, you know, last week also. Um, and so that's interesting to watch with no fans because you're not getting any fan reaction, you know, with, with these guys getting knocked around. But um, in, you know, in, in the Bundesliga and the German Soccer League, just watching, I uh, watched a little bit of, uh, it was Frankfurt versus Mönchengladbach. Um, it was... Uh, I think that rolls. was that's who was playing. That just um, rolls you know, off the tongue. The, the the level of play was the same. So I mean, I, I didn't notice anything different from the players. I mean, they looked like they were both uh, both teams. Um, you know, were going at it 100. percent It's just odd not hearing fan reaction. Um, and you know, Frankfurt was the home team, and I believe they lost four one. So there wouldn't be that much reaction anyways in this game, right? Right. Uh, because they were the home team, and and I'm sure the fans would be quiet uh, with a game like that, with a loss like that. Um, but you know, it was, it was different. I mean, there were some officials that were wearing masks, uh, some officials that were not wearing masks. So I'm not sure what the guidelines are exactly uh, as to who wears what. Um, but you know, the level of play was, you know, it, it was about where you would expect it to be. I mean, you know, these guys, I'm sure they've been training for a few weeks now, trying to get back into game shape. And, uh, you know, you you couldn't tell that they were struggling at the end of the game after 90 minutes. It seemed like they were still playing, you know, at, at, you know, full energy. And they didn't have any crowd noise pumped in for the broadcast at all? No, no. But I mean, you know, with, with, with soccer, I'm sort of used to this thing. Um, You know, I've, I've watched uh, soccer games that were, where the the stadiums were empty um you know it, it, it's uh, a lot of the um if you watch like fifa like the world cup like 17 year old and 21 year old so it's not like the the actual world cup you know a lot of those sta- a lot of those stadiums are fairly empty i just watch it just for the competition and you know you, you hear the the player banter and and you know the screaming and the calling for the ball and all that which is kind of nice to hear actually I mean, yeah. it's different 
Um, but you know, just watching this game, you know, that's that's something that will be missed, obviously, if you know the NFL. Uh, you know, if, if once the season starts and there are no fans, you know, the, the fan noise will be missed. Although I know Fox uh, or, yeah. or, CBA or NBC, actually, I'm not sure who was talking about pumping no. in the crowd noise, but also adding CGI fans. Yeah, that'll last, the, about, <laughs> that'll last about five minutes, I think. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think there's any way. Well, they're not going to pipe it into the stadium. They're going to pipe it in on the broadcast itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the stadium, there would be a competition issue there. But I don't think that I think that will that won't last more than a game. But it would be nice maybe to get you know similar to what the XFL did with the microphones down on the field, maybe with a little bit of a delay for the for the language. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. get a little bit more of what's happening on the field and and what the players are saying to each other and what the coaches are saying to their respective quarterbacks and defensive players. That might be something that the NFL could do to bring a little bit more uh, interest action to the the dead time on the field because there will be a lot a lot of dead time where it's just silent. You know, you won't be able to cut to the fans. You won't be able to cut to to anything that's happening on the. No, they'll cut to anywhere the booth, to the booth. They'll cut to Romo. Yeah, and Romo will have that we just oh, saw golly. the obvious play that was just on the field that everybody noticed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, you might have to do a shot early. You know, the, maybe you Troy might have Aikman's, to do a shot early Troy for that. Aikman's bloodshot eyes. You know. Yeah, maybe he's they'll gonna. Cut, they'll cut to that. He's gonna have to work I'll overtime. I want to take a shot. I yeah, need to take you, a shot. You, we're starting, you, you we're just bad mouth two two cowboy quarterbacks, <laughs> and we have a third cowboy quarterback on the agenda tonight. So you've already uh, you've already gotten yourself in a predicament where you have to take a shot. I'll take one. And I forgot and I forgot Although, to bring I forgot to bring the Southern Comfort Lime out to the table myself. Oh, you'll, you'll probably need it later. You don't need to take a shot right now, Ben, but I'm sure you'll be taking one later. Um, you know, you had a you had a vigorous workout uh before you I came did. on the podcast. My quarantine tonight, workout trying as, to get back in shape. Uh, as all of uh our listeners know, gyms are closed, but Ben did put some equipment together and now he has sort of a home gym i do and it's it's yeah. like gold trying to find that stuff yeah. uh if you're looking to outfit a home gym wait until this quarantine is over because it will be all over craigslist and offer up for nothing because it is literally sold out everywhere <sighs> i had to scour the internet uh to find some equipment but uh given the fact that the nfl you know maybe looking for some additional players this fall i figured i better uh. get in game shape just in case uh, there's a shortage of kickers out there. A, a ball boy or something. There's a shortage of kickers out there. So if I could do enough squats and deadlifts and calf raises, uh, potentially <laughs> potentially I could be kicking uh, for the Indianapolis Colts this coming yeah, well, season. You know, Ben, next time I see you, I'm going to clock your 40 and see if you've improved from well, last I, time. I bet it's going to get, because the gut's going to go. So I bet <laughs> it's going to get faster over time as the, as the gut subsides maybe a uh, six point a six and a half 40 oh it'll be faster it'll be uh somewhere between four five and five five i highly doubt that yeah we'll see we'll see <laughs> friday what are we going to talk about this evening well tonight ben on the big board we're gonna make a shout out to our new and loyal listeners we have our nfl news we also have our promo ben for as it one of our fellow podcasts we have yeah. multiple just one tonight. tonight. Just one. All right. Perfect. Trying to get out of here in three hours. Yeah. Well, we're not doing a good job so far. <laughs> <laughs> and so we also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Uh, my Eagles news, Ben's Steelers news, Sonya Seahawks news, and Sonya probably won't be on the podcast 
uh, this evening. And uh, we also have our feel-good story. Ben loves his feel-good stories. And tonight, it's Chase Daniels. Chase Daniel. Chase uh, Daniels the, with a feel-good uh, story. Detroit Lions, formerly Mitch Trubisky's backup. <laughs> and we're also going to recap the Jordan slash Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, and tomorrow night's the last episode. I'll be our last two episodes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, series finale, that's going to wrap up. I'm kind of sad about that. And we also have our shot of the week, Ben, which was inspired by automotive coolant. It is getting hot. Yeah, hot and hot, hot. make sure that your cars are, you know, topped off. <laughs> but it's green. And yeah, Ben, you came up with a wonderful name since you're a, a closet Jets fan. Yeah, um, not, <laughs> not so far in the closet. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, cool your jets shot, man. You're gonna you're gonna be the only one trying that. I don't have a shot myself, but you'll you'll try it and you'll review it. We also have our beverage of the week, which is a rye. We haven't had a rye on the show. It's Rittenhouse Straight Rye Whiskey, and we also have our beer of the week. And Ben, what was the beer again? The beer is it is the Coronado Brewing Company Islander IPA. And I'm really, really looking forward to to that one. Uh, Coronado yeah, Bronco down is in huge. San Diego, California. Yeah, so, so we're we'll trying to that. keep it local. And review that. And then you got some housekeeping to finish up the show, Ben. Absolutely. Friday, what is first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben. I'm going to make a shout out to our new and loyal listeners. Yes. Thank you all so much to our loyal listeners, especially those of you that have stuck with us. Through the coronavirus quarantine, uh, our listenership is not down significantly as a result of the pandemic. So we thank all of our loyal listeners for sticking with us through this quarantine period, as well as our new listeners. Thank you all to folks that are joining us for the first time or joining us on the first or the, the past few episodes. We truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, since 2018, I said 2008 last week, 2018, <laughs> we're a show about football, fun, oh, and friends. You also, since we're on last week, I listened to a little bit of the podcast. Todd Gurley is not on uh, the Rams anymore, Ben. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he is with the Falcons. That is yeah. true. Although, yeah. although according to Todd Gurley, the Rams better give me my fucking money. Yeah, uh, because apparently they still owe him some money. That is not a big story, but that is fair. Uh, Todd Gurley no longer plays for the Rams. He plays for another hapless team on the other side of the country. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no worries. No worries. We are since 2018. We are a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight or tomorrow or whenever it is that you've downloaded this podcast, please consider heading over to our website, thirstinggold.buzzproud.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, you're on Zoom meetings, you're on Zoom dinner parties, you're on Zoom happy hours. Tell them, get to your computer, get to your phone, get anywhere you can get Thurston Gold Podcast, which is everywhere, and please recommend it to your friends, coworkers, relatives, and even strangers who you accidentally meet up with on Skype. Uh, and a, just a quick shout out to all the frontline workers out there, everyone working in the healthcare industry, the grocery industry, uh, bringing us our food, our deliveries, our Amazon deliveries, our FedEx, our UPS all of the deliveries that are coming to our homes as well as operating all of the businesses that are essential right now. We truly, truly appreciate all of you uh, and what you're doing. Uh, Frane works uh, in the healthcare industry as well, so thank Frane. Uh, but thanks everyone out there for doing your part to keep us all fed and healthy 
uh, during this pandemic. So thank you all so much. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have NFL news. Oh, and can you believe that there is still NFL news in May? Uh, Roger Goodell is doing everything and anything that he can do. I I just tried to hold uh, the agenda paper up in my hand uh, with my shoulder, and I had to put it back on the table. So that's telling you what happened during this first workout. I'm going to have to not raise this paper above shoulder level. You should should take a before shot, Ben, so that six months down the line, we can after, you know, so like we can see the ripped Ben. Not, Not that you're out of shape right now. No, but no. I mean, you know, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have like, you know, you'll have a six pack, you know, you have definition in your arms. I mean, you have a little bit right now, but you know, if you continue to work out, I think you should have a before and after. Yeah, I got to keep up. With, I got to keep up with Frane. Uh, he's able to pull off the tank top. I am not able to pull off the tank top right now. Uh, it looks a little scary when I wear one. Uh, so give give me. Uh, you're not giving yourself enough credit, man. You're give not me, giving yourself give me enough three credit. months. Give me three months. Uh, But California, NFL News, California is dreaming of elsewhere. Both Allegiant for the Raiders and SoFi Stadium for the Rams and Chargers are on track for grand openings this fall. Uh, But California Governor Gavin Newsom has expressed doubt that the uh, of the ability for NFL teams to play in the state of California. So what will the Rams and Chargers do if they don't get the green light to host games until October, but the NFL remains intent on forging ahead with its season in September. It would mean that both teams would need to find temporary nearby venues, uh, which brings us back to Allegiant Stadium, which seats sits 285 miles, only 285 miles from Los Angeles and makes sense as a temporary home for the Rams and Chargers until SoFi Stadium is cleared to host games. A Raiders official declined comment when asked about the possibility of Allegiant Stadium being a temporary home for the Rams and Chargers and Rams CEO Kevin Demoff said his team's objective is to play all its games as scheduled. Uh, what do you think about LA teams having to go out of state if the state of California prohibits NFL play within its borders? This is a really interesting decision that the governor will have to make. Will Las Vegas, which is actually, I think, slated to open either this week or next week. Casinos are about to open up, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly how they're going to pull that off. I don't know. Maybe um, just like have... You know, um, one, one slot machine open, one closed, one open. You know, so that there's there's space. You know, be, between uh, you know gamblers. Like the entire casino will be like a depressing Tuesday morning at five o'clock in the morning when there's one person at each blackjack yeah. table. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty much, that's how it's going to look like. You know, I don't know how you're going to play craps. I don't know. I mean, I guess you'd have have. Um, I guess you'd have, you know, you could do it with the you slot could, machines. Could like you could have like screens. That would be you so know separating crazy. separating each seat. You know, sort of like a, a, a little clear boxes plexiglass. Yeah, sort of like a thing. So it's like sneeze guards, like that you have at um, at a buffet. You know, like that. You have that over the table and between people. You know, I'm sure Vegas they have plenty of money. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I just when they when they said they were going to open, I just thought, okay, I, I'm really interested to see <laughs> how they do that. Uh, but yeah, so what do you think about L.A. teams, the Chargers and the Rams, having to find homes nearby, potentially at Allegiant Stadium, which is going to be very, very nice. Uh, but yeah. if Arizona is able to play, they could play in Arizona. There are other teams where they are other. Hey, what's other, wrong with the What's wrong with the Coliseum? I mean, they've been using the Coliseum for the past few years, ever since they moved to L.A. I don't, you know, why, why go elsewhere when they can use the same stadium that they've been in, or oh. you know, for the Chargers, the same thing? Because the governor could, is going to prohibit play in the state. He's oh, not going okay. to allow yeah. them to play. 
Yeah, so that's, if, that's, if, I wasn't the, listening to set part. Sorry. <laughs> I was. I wasn't listening doodling. to the premise of the of the story. I was doodling away over here. Uh, but um, what do you what do you think about having to play in you know in Vegas or in Arizona potentially, or in another state that that's open if if the governor or the mayor decides that it's too or the governor of or the governor or the mayor of Inglewood or the mayor of uh, actually they both are will be playing in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. You know what do you think about them having to go play somewhere else? Uh, that's 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 it's pretty interesting. interesting. It's it's pretty interesting, but I mean, for um, you know, for for LA, I mean, you know, Vegas is not that far away. I mean, if if that's the case where they have to, you know, go to Vegas, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Obviously, what the Oakland schedule looks like, and and if they'll actually, oh, they're they're cracking up on that behind beer, huh, Ben? Um, you know, or if they'll be able to uh, play in the same stadium because of Oakland's schedule, or even in Arizona, I'm not sure what the Cardinals' schedule is, and. Uh, you know, scheduling might get a little tricky, um, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping by that time, by you know September uh, or you know October, who knows when the season will actually begin. Um, you know, they, they are able to have uh, games played here in LA, maybe without fans. You know, maybe, maybe they can come to a come, you know with some sort of a compromise where they allow the NFL, you know, to play here in LA just with no fans. I mean, I hope that's also not the case. I hope you know it's looking like it might be. I hope it's not the case, um, but I hope they find some sort of a compromise here in LA. Uh, you know, if they had to play in Vegas, I wouldn't have an issue with that. I'm not a fan of either team, so I don't care. <laughs> but it <laughs> but, would give uh, us an excuse to go to Vegas, maybe not to it, watch the game it, in person. Yeah, but, but to but sit but at to the crap there. table yeah. with uh, you know with the plexiglass. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> have little boxes like with exhaust fans for the cigarettes, <laughs> just sort of <laughs> sucking up every like every slot machine is like a pod. Might, might not be a bad idea. <laughs> it's like a self-contained pod, like yeah. And and as you walk out, the fog machine just it's that whatever that that uh, disinfectant fogger just fogs the entire. The Lysol, slot machine. Lysol gets sprayed in there. Uh, oh, there's a bee crawling across our studio. All right. Next up, this came well, as well, music. What do you think, Ben? You, oh, you, you didn't give your I opinion. Uh, I, I, I think that if, I mean, I, I think that California will ultimately capitulate to to the NFL in this regard. It's 40 or it'll be 56. If they have a 17-game slate, I think it'll be 56 players on a team plus the coaching staff. In a giant stadium, I think there are ways to make that as safe as possible. Uh, but if they had to go out of state to play, I think it would be a little bit of a black eye on California. But I mean, if if they have to do it, then they have to do it. And but see, but it doesn't make sense though. I mean, even if they do go out of state, let's say they play in Las Vegas, let's say they do play in Arizona and in, in Phoenix, you know, they're still traveling, and they're still around other players where they can contract the the virus and yeah. still bring it back to LA. Yeah, so exactly. What's, what's, what's yeah? I mean, there's there's absolutely no difference than playing in a different state because you're still playing. I mean, if if those stadiums have no um, fans in the stands, then it, it's it's the same exact thing. I mean, you run the same risk regardless. Yeah, and I think this is why you don't make statements in an uncertain environment so far off in the future, uh, which is essentially what Mayor Garcetti said earlier on at the beginning of this pandemic, as well as the governor, that there won't be any major sporting events played in California in 2020. And we'll see about 2021. I think I think making those kinds of statements early on when you don't have, I mean, we still don't have a lot of information mm-hmm. regarding how, how we are going to be going about our daily lives a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. We just don't know. 
So making, I think, those those kinds of statements early on was a mistake by both the mayor and the governor. Yeah, and I believe I believe the Lakers practice facility also opened up or is going to open up. Um, so, I mean, you have all those players together playing basketball and, and they go about their daily lives and they come back to that same exact gym um, and, and, you know, and, and, and they're in close quarters. So, I, I, you know, I, I, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense if, if they do send either the Chargers you know, or, or the Rams elsewhere to play games because it's the same wherever you go. Uh, yeah. 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 And money trumps everything. I mean, to, to not yep. open that brand new stadium, mm-hmm. if it's ready to go, that SoFi stadium that is going to, you know, to put Jerry's house to shame, it's going to make Jerry's house look like a Commodore 64 in comparison <laughs> to maybe to, an Atari, to, Ben, to maybe an Atari, uh, but it's going to be quite a spectacle. That I'm stadium sure some younger listeners are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, Atari, it's a Commodore. The uh, first Sega, whatever the <laughs> whatever the first Sega machine was, the first Nintendo. Uh, but it's going to look pretty, pretty pathetic compared to what we're going to have out here in L.A. Sorry, Jerry, you still have your yacht, but your stadium is outdated, buddy. It's outdated. Uh, next up, this came as music to my ears. Monday Night Football Shuffle. While we do not yet know who will be manning the booth or in the booth for Monday Night Football this season, we do know that it won't be Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane will not return, uh, according to Rich Deesh of The Atlantic. These moves had long been rumored and, early, rumored, and earlier this year, ESPN reportedly made runs at unsuccessful, uh, unsuccessful run at Peyton Manning, Tony Romo, they went after you boy, Tony, and Al Michaels, who is making truck, literally truckloads of money at NBC, so he ain't going anywhere. The loss of sports programming during the pandemic has led to massive losses for ESPN, as well as other sports entities. However, the network will now look to in-house, in-house replacements for the 20 20 season. Uh, both Tessitore and McFarlane will retain prominent roles at ESPN. Just keep them off my freaking TV. What say you about changes at Monday Night Football and looking for in-house talent uh, to host the game? Because the, the, the folks that are in that booth mm-hmm. for Monday Night Football this year, if they Not play without good. fans, are going to be <laughs> extraordinarily important. Uh, you can't get away with that crap show uh, of Tessitore and McFarland. Yeah. If 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 the only thing people are going to hear and see other than the game is is who's ever in that booth, they need better people. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, I'm just happy. I don't, I don't care who they put in there, as long as Booger's not there. He is terrible. I mean, he, he was pretty terrible. He's as bad as Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Romo's not that bad. He's pretty good. Like I'm he's a little pretty biased. Good. He's I'm a little biased. Good. I don't like Tony Romo. He can't. Uh, <laughs> he can't announce when he's sick. Like he can play football when he was sick, but apparently he can't announce when he's not feeling well. Uh, yeah, right. It's pretty um, obvious. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, they'll be able to find anybody to fill that role as as long as it's not Booger. I, remember the whole Booger Mobile thing? Uh, the know, year before. The year before. I can't remember who was in the booth though. I can't. Yeah, I that's how the booth. But I mean, I mean, he was obnoxious. First of all, with his comments on TV, but it was even worse for the fans in the stands because the Booger Mobile was actually blocking their view of yeah. the Yeah. And what was I mean it was like it was like it was like a it was like a terrible Tony T- Saragusa. Yeah. You know like when Saragusa <laughs> would would be on the field uh giving, you know, giving um commentary during the game, but at least it was sort mm-hmm. of I didn't mind fun and, and it was fun and it was lighthearted yeah. and it was interesting at times. But Booger, you know, he 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 just didn't give the fans or the the viewers anything mm-hmm. really to think about or laugh about. 
So yeah. if you can't make me laugh, you got to make me think. And he didn't do either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. You know who to put in the booth. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, you know, some that's already not doing it. I mean, Al, Mike, Al Michaels is, you know, he's great. You know, and and you know, obviously he's not leaving NBC because they are play, paying him a ton of money, and there's a reason why he's being paid a ton of money. Um, I would love but, to see Brent Musburger up in there, but I know he's doing the Raider games mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some other gambling shit in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I'm but not sure. I mean, I, I don't know. Who, I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll find somebody, but yeah, as long as they get Booger out of there, I'm happy. But Fouts is already under contract, and Romo's mm-hmm. under contract, and mm-hmm. um, Troy Aikman's under contract. I mean, they're they're there there've got to be there's got to be someone that can you know play off one another i mean even mm-hmm. al michaels and collinsworth you know collinsworth does doesn't have a lot of fans out there but at yeah. least sort of they play i mean michaels could announce you know crickets running across my yard and make it exciting collinsworth <laughs> at least gives you uh. some some knowledge of the game uh, but it's it's really striking how how poorly espn has done over the over the number of years that they've had monday mm-hmm. night football they haven't really been able to get anyone in that booth, at least a pair or a triplet of people in that booth that have that have really made it enjoyable for fans. I mean, I know they think they had that with Gruden. I didn't particularly nope. enjoy those Gruden broadcasts. No. So it just goes to show why Michaels and Collinsworth ain't going nowhere. Because mm. once you well, find Collinsworth, I don't like him, but <laughs> Al Michaels, yeah, definitely. But 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 at least they have that pair. Yeah. Right. And I mean, and, and it, it's either the number one or number two show. Every single week, uh, throughout the football season. So when you have something that works like that, yeah, I don't think they want to do anything to mess that up. And I, mm-hmm. I can't see Peyton Manning doing that week in, and week out, and week yeah. in and week out. And I'm he, not sure if he really has, you know, broadcast voice. You know, I, you know, yeah, yeah, I like the guy. The he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, but I, I just don't know if he, he has that presence. I mean, he, he's he's excellent when he does skits, you know, for Saturday Night Live or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, he seems like he has a good personality. He's a nice guy, um, but I, I don't know if he could lead a broadcast team, though. I, I don't know if, if 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 he's at that level just yet, and, and I mean, that's probably why he turned it down. I mean, maybe he also sort of understands it himself. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's a, almost a no-win situation there mm. at Monday Night Football. If you're not really good at it, you know, they're going to be talking about replacing you almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'd really but I'd like to see them get you know, back to the days, you know, the Don Meredith, Howard Cosell days where it was a really fun broadcast to watch. It hasn't been that way for for a significant number of years, and it would be nice if if that Monday Night Football broadcast was something that you really looked forward to that had some gravitas to it instead of, I mean, Joe Tessitore, you know, is good enough. I mean, he's okay. Uh, but, he's but a, have, I just, I just, I, you know, with but, Tessitore, I didn't really have a problem. It's just <laughs> Booger McFarlane. I don't know how he stayed on there for, you know, a few seasons now. But you just, you got to have some gravitas. Bring some, and I think that's why they're going after Manning and Romo and, and, you know, the other, and Al Michaels, because they want to bring some gravitas to Monday Night Football because right now, it, it's more of a, you know, it, it just doesn't have the kind of oomph that it needs, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. All right. Next up, Tua Tagovailoa. Did I get oh, it right? You got it right. You've been uh, practicing all I've week, been practicing. Man. Tua Tagovailoa has agreed to terms with Miami on his rookie contract. Uh, NFL in Network Insider. Insider. 
Ian Rappaport reports. Uh, the contract is a four-year deal, $30.28 million, and includes a fifth-year option and a signing bonus of $19.6 million. The pact is fully guaranteed. Uh, these contracts aren't that much to write home about anymore with the rookie wage scale, as we're more than a decade removed from the olden days of Ryan Leaf getting big deals. Uh, when the highly touted newcomers could leverage their newfound value and hold out for more money. Uh, but by way of comparison, the Chiefs Mahomes signed a four year full, fully guaranteed 16 point man. He's the gift that keeps on giving. $16.42 million contract. Uh, signing bonus of $10.8 million. Uh, Lamar Jackson signed a four-year contract with the Ravens only worth $9.5 million uh, with $8 million guaranteed. Mayfield, the first overall pick in the 2008 draft, signed a four-year contract with the Browns worth $32 million and includes a $21 million signing bonus. Uh, Last year, Kyler Murray, four-year, $35 million with a fifth-year option. And Daniel Jones, right around uh, the same pick in the draft. I think he's either a fifth or sixth pick. Uh, Daniel Jones got a contract, $25.5 mil, $25 uh $16 million signing bonus, $25 million guaranteed. Uh, what do you think about Tua Tagovailoa getting... Essential, essentially a little bit more money than Daniel Jones coming off that injury plagued couple of years, uh, but he they, he inked him up. They've got him in Miami, and he's got his guaranteed money, $32 million, nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, you, you don't know what to expect from the guy. Uh, still, I mean, he's only a rookie, and uh, he is rather injury-prone as well. Um, so, I mean, you know, hopefully things work out for Miami and for Tua, um, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a decent contract, you know, I mean, for, for a new yeah. player coming into the league, I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, if, if he happens to be a good player, um, you know, like, you know, not like, not exactly like Mahomes, but, you know, even if he was just below Mahomes level, if you can get that sort of production out of him for that much money, that's yeah, obviously an excellent deal, but you know, with these rookies, you just never know what to expect. I mean, what do you think, Ben? Do you think it's too much or too little for these rookie quarterbacks? Uh, it's definitely too little for most of the rookie quarterbacks, especially the first round picks. Uh, but the rookie weight scale has sort of given teams an opportunity to build around a quarterback when you when you strike gold. And I think thirty two million dollars, you know, without playing a single down in the NFL is a fair contract. If he plays well, you know, just like Mahomes will be, he'll be looking for a contract at the end of that fourth year for mm-hmm. a significant payday. But I was shocked at Mahomes. Sixteen and a half million dollar four year contract. Yeah, I mean the he Chiefs. Was, he was really. Taking, he was in the first round too, but the middle around the middle of the first yeah. round, right? Yeah, so he was a little bit lower pick. Yeah, I mean now, I mean you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I mean you never know what you're going to get. Nobody knew Mahomes was going to be this Mahomes. Well, you know, Andy I mean, Reid sure claims he knew. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously he knows a quarterback when he sees one. Uh, you know, he went out and, and and signed McNabb, and nobody really expected McNabb to be any yeah. good. Um, you know, he, he obviously didn't, you know, win a, a, a you know a Super Bowl, um, but he did have a lot of success with the Eagles. But you really don't know what you can get from these guys. And you know, man, Kansas City has a great deal at the moment, but that'll next change. year. Next year he'll yeah. be looking for what Dak Prescott believes he <laughs> is worth. And a beautiful segue, the next subject on the docket is Dak Prescott. Yes. The Cowboys are encouraged by the personnel moves they've been able to make in recent weeks. 
But when you look at the club's to-do list this offseason, there remains one glaring omission. Signing Dak Prescott to a long-term contract was the Cowboys' top priority. The quarterback isn't going anywhere, allegedly. He's bound to the team this season by the exclusive franchise tag of $31.4 million, the entirety of the contract that Tua Tagovailoa just signed. Uh, but the club hoped to have a deal in place with their franchise quarterback by now. Stephen Jones said, Dak obviously is the elephant in the room. Everyone knows it. We've just got to keep grinding. The two sides have been grinding for more than a year. An extension for Prescott topped the team's priority list heading into last year's training camp, but Instead, they've signed Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott to extensions. Uh, sources said the Cowboys currently have an offer on the table that would make the quarterback the highest paid player in the NFL. The dispute involves the structure and size of the guarantee along with the length of the deal. Uh, Jerry Jones has always told me, as a mentor of mine, as the money gets bigger, the deals get harder, Stephen Jones said. Mentor. He's his father. Uh, obviously, when we're talking about Dak, it's as big as it gets in the NFL. So it's got to be right for Dak and it's got to be right for us. I don't know how you call your father your mentor, but it, no, notwithstanding. I guess, you know, if, if you know you own a business like that, you know, maybe, maybe they become more mentors, mentors than fathers. I'd pick know. a better mentor, you know, <laughs> a guy, than a guy that got lucky and struck some oil in Oklahoma and hadn't hey. accomplished anything but buying a team with the money that he got from striking oil in Oklahoma. Uh, it's not but like he, he's not, he's no he Jeff won Bezos. Three, they won three Super Bowls. They, they won three Super Bowls with him. Jer no. was, Jimmy Johnson won three Super Bowls there. That's well, what happened. It, it happened under his ownership. That is true. <laughs> Jerry Krause, Jerry Krause somehow was able to win six championships. So, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're talented. Championships don't necessarily translate to talent in the executive suites, but notwithstanding, I figured you support me in insulting the Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, but what do you, <laughs> but what do you think about? I'm almost what down do you to insult, but you know, you gotta give some credit where credit is due. He did win, you know, three Super Bowls. They won three under his ownership. I mean, yeah, they don't disappear. I mean, they're old. They've been there for a while. There, there's dust gathering on those Super Bowl trophies, but they're still there. He did win them a long time ago. Yeah, him and him and Krause have a lot in common, actually. Yeah. I mean, and Jerry Jones, he didn't want his ego. His ego got the better of him, as Reinsdorf and Krause that got yeah. the better of theirs. In determining when they were going to send that, you know, when they were going to 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 you know break up the team and, and what direction the team was going to to make prematurely. Yeah, no, I mean definitely. I, I think some of the success clouded both of their got, both of their judgments. Did you get stung by a bee? I got stung by a bee. I just got. <laughs> this is a first for Thirst and Gold podcast. This honeybee has been stalking around this table for the last twenty minutes, and uh -huh. it just stuck me in the arm. Wow. And I had to pull the stinger out. So I apologize, that, fans. That's I, something. You should take that, a shot. That, that, that I should take a shot. Uh, maybe <laughs> we should. Uh, well, I want to hear about Dak Prescott. And then we'll you take a pause. You want to we'll pause take, for a second? We'll, yeah, let's let's uh, take a quick let's, break. We're about 38 minutes in. We'll take a quick, quick, quick right. break. I'll get a shot on the table for myself. Put a little ice on this bee sting real quick. And we'll be right back.
All right, and we are back. And uh, Ben was just stung by a bee. And Ben, <laughs> I see some swelling <laughs> that on, is the your, first, uh, on your the wrist first, right uh, there in the Zoom camera. Yeah, uh, I apologize, folks. I, I I thought I flicked him off the table, or her off the table, or it off the table. I guess they're all. I guess they're all. They're all. They don't have a gender. They all work for the queen. Um, <laughs> but Sonia had an interesting uh, remedy that appears to be working. Strangely enough. Uh, secret roll-on, uh, antiperspirant roll-on that mm-hmm. she put on the bee sting. And within two minutes since I left the bathroom inside, I actually am feeling very, very little pain in, uh, on my arm right now. So that, that's a very interesting <laughs> fix. So folks, if that, uh, if you get stung by a bee on a podcast, I recommend secret roll-on and I smell powdery fresh as we speak. Uh-huh. All right, Friday. We were talking about Dak yeah, Prescott and his contract offer yep. making him the highest paid mm-hmm. quarterback in the league. And he says, no, it should be a longer deal. It should have mm-hmm. more guarantees. If he is the highest paid quarterback in the league, we're talking about $40 million over five years, $200 million. How much of that is guaranteed? We don't know, but that's got to be pretty close to what the offer is. Uh, at the bare minimum, it's a four-year, $160, $170 million contract offer on the table. What do you think about the most mediocre quarterback in the NFC East, with the exception of anyone who plays for the Washington <laughs> Redskins, going out there and looking for $40 million, accomplishing nothing, and wanting five years of guarantees? Probably. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I still, I mean we, we, you know, we've been talking about this uh, you know, for for weeks now. Um, and I don't understand why he thinks he's worth that much money. I don't, you know, he's like you said, he's accomplished absolutely nothing uh, in his career so far. You know, he has one playoff win. He's had a couple of good seasons. Uh, you know, last season, um, you know, he, he struggled in the biggest game against the Eagles towards the end of the season. He was very inaccurate uh, in that game. Um, and uh I, I, I don't understand where his mind is right now. His mindset is um, for this new contract. I think the offer on the table is more than generous. I think the Cowboys are even stupid for offering him that much money. Uh, but if, if he happens to you know not sign the tender, if he's not going to play this season, which is hard to do because turning down $33 million is not easy. You know, It's not a long-term contract, but it still is $33 million um, for the franchise tag. Uh, you know, I would say you roll with uh, Andy Dalton. See what Andy Dalton <laughs> can do. I'm serious. Well, he is Why on not? your he's three he million dollars. Your, max, your Mount, Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. We max all, seven million dollar deal. Yeah, he's uh, three million is probably what he's going to make if he doesn't play a significant. If he doesn't get significant time, he's going to make three million dollars this year. Uh, but let's I mean, say Dak doesn't sign that franchise. Dak doesn't sign the franchise tag. Uh, he he doesn't play. He doesn't step on the field. Andy Dalton takes over. And then the Cowboys sort of go on a tear, maybe not on a tear, but you know he plays better than than they expect him to, and and you know, Dak Prescott loses all his leverage, you know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, he, then, he doesn't. Then, as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't have any leverage now. I mean, with with the signing, yeah, I guess he thinks so. I'm well, not but, sure why. And I think Jerry, I think Jerry and Stephen Jones have more realistic expectations of what the team is going to accomplish in 2020. And, but when you go out and you give Elliot a six year contract with $50 million in guaranteed money at $15 million a year, you go out and you give 
Amari Cooper, whatever it was, a hundred million dollar contract over five years. I know that I know that a big chunk of it wasn't guaranteed, but that's a twenty million dollar payday for a wide receiver if that's he were if he were to finish out that contract. I don't know what you expect your quarterback to want if you're handing out that kind of money to other players on your team. And I think that's probably where it comes from. If you played a little bit more hardball like Jerry Krause did with the Chicago Bulls, he might not be in this situation, but 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 the fact that the Cowboys have a history of handing out money to both offensive and defensive players that outstrips the value of, of the player on the out years of the contract, uh, I think that's what's led the, the Joneses to be in this situation because they've done this before. They've overpaid before, and I think that that has something to do with mm-hmm. it. But I mean, what is he? I mean, thirty-two million dollars is he going to not? Is he not going to play if he doesn't get two hundred million dollars with one hundred and fifty of it guaranteed? I mean, what, what what is his expectation in terms of the guaranteed money? And why is why is his team not leaking? Why is his side not leaking it out? I mean, be a be a be a man and leak mm-hmm. out what your expectation is. You know, you leave us in the dark here, and we have this sort of back and forth yeah. as to. Well, you know, where we get, we offered him more money than anybody ever in the history of the league. And then, you know, on the other side, they say, well, we want more money, more guaranteed money and a longer deal. Well, what, what are the numbers we're talking about? What is your expectation and what is the offer that's on the table? So at least the rest of us that are fans of the NFL and fans and of the why? team will know <laughs> why who's, who it is that's being unreasonable this much. You know, just being a quarterback in the NFL does not mean you're worth $40 million a year. I mean, just because Kirk Cousins gets X, you know, a, a mm. certain a, a contract, and other players get a certain contract, does not necessarily mean that you're worth that contract. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a 500 quarterback, as is Dak Prescott. Uh, in fact, Kirk Cousins probably has a better winning percentage in his career than Dak Prescott does. So I'm not sure why he expects 40 million dollars after playing down the stretch with a healthy, by and large, a healthy team last year and barely scratching it into the second round of the playoffs. I just don't understand that. I, I guess I just won't, I won't understand. Uh, I won't understand that because it's, it's, he has a really good well, you're, team. You're kind of breaking off. Ben. Oh, you, I'm sorry. What did you say about the playoffs? And squeaking uh, into the playoffs? Yeah, they, 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 well, they missed the playoffs last year, but the year before what they, they lost they in the, playoffs. The, they lost in the second round after beating the Seahawks in the first round. Well, the Seahawks beat themselves. <laughs> well, that's true, but I don't know what you expect. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know what what the because yeah. they have it. They have a, by by and large, given the the, and I know we've talked about this before, but it, it's worth repeating. The Eagles had a significant number of injuries on a team, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and the Cowboys at near full strength were still not able to get a win in the NFC East. And if you have Joe Montana, John Elway, Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, those are the quarterbacks out there in the league that are making those kind of Aaron Rodgers. You get to the playoffs. You don't miss the playoffs if you're mm-hmm. one of those quarterbacks. Russell Wilson doesn't miss the playoffs if he's on the Cowboys last year. So what the fuck do you think you deserve more money than Russell Wilson? What is, uh, what is going on in your brain that makes you, and now I sound like Skip Bayless or, or, uh, Colin Coward, but. What what is going on in your brain that makes you think? I think you deserve a shot right now, Ben. I'm I'm usually the one All talking right, shit about I'm the Cowboys. I'll do a shot. I got for, my as our drinking agreement. agreement, our drinking game. You know, if I say anything negative about the Cowboys or the NFC East, then I take a shot. But you're saying all the negative stuff. I don't have to say anything. I'm just staying quiet. But also, the this, you know, my, the connection is not the greatest. You're kind of jumping around all over my screen right now. I don't know <laughs> okay. why I sound to you, um, <laughs> but but. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, if you say anything negative about any team in your division, if you say anything negative about the Browns or, or the Ravens, even though they're, they, it is, um, you, you, you take a shot uh, for that. And, you know, if Sonya, if she ever says anything negative, if she ever says anything negative about the NFC West, then she takes uh, a shot about, well, not, Anybody in the NFC West, anybody but the Seahawks. Of course, she takes a shot. I know she uh, says then, the only um, bad things about the right Seahawks. Now. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna take a shot. Uh, just just because this um, is a buy one get one free. This Southern Comfort line because you were stung by a bee, and you're gonna take a shot <laughs> because of that. For some reason, we're just gonna have you take we'll, a shot. We'll, t- we'll do it and, first on the podcast. Yeah, and and cheers to you, Ben. Cheers, to, uh, cheers to you, and I'll. T- Here we go. Let's Boys do it. Usual. I'm not sure what the hell is going on in Dak's head. Yeah, I don't but, get it. Uh, I don't, I'll never understand it. I I don't understand why he thinks he is worth as much as he's. Well, he's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's really not worth he's as not. much as he thinks. Let's Cheers. down this Southern Cover Lime. And the Evan Williams peach, the warm Ooh. Evan Williams peach, which is pretty disgusting. Oh, it's pretty bad. It should be buy one, get one free. There should be a discount. But on any excuse stuff. to take a shot, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Dak Prescott should start drinking a little bit more. Maybe it would smarten him up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they just yeah. got they just drafted his replacement. You think so? Carson Wentz, they just drafted a guy in case he gets injured again. Uh, and, and they just picked up Andy Dalton in Dallas. And Ben Roethlisberger is making, I think he's making, Cam, I think he's making like 33, 34 this year. I, I'm not sure what is going on in Dak's head. I, I, I could talk about this for, for a long time, uh, but I don't understand. Given his performance, you can blather on all you want about 5,000-yard seasons. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, as I said last week or, or the week before, has had plenty of 5,000-yard seasons. Uh, what matters is winning games and winning Super Bowls. I could, gar- I could give two shits about how many yards you throw for, what your completion percentage is. Are you winning games? Are you winning games when it matters? And that is not what Dak Prescott has spent his career doing. So play for the $32 million, negotiate a five-year $150 million contract, take your $110 million in guarantees, and go and play football and show us that you're worth more than that. He's not. All right. Next up. Major League Baseball is planning on playing games in July. Uh, the team announced that Major League Baseball owners will submit a proposal to the Players Union to start its 2020 season in July without fans. If the proposal is approved by the Baseball Players Union, opening day would take place around July 4th weekend and spring training would start sometime in early to mid-June. Teams will play around 82 games in the regular season, a typical basketball season compared to Frane-friendly 162 games played in a, tradi- in a traditional season, teams would play only opponents in their own division or and or teams in the same geographical area. Uh, the proposal would also expand the playoff pool from 10 to 14 by adding a wildcard matchup in each league. Frane, what say you about the you know, Major League Baseball coming back in July, something that the uh, NFL will probably watch similarly to, mm-hmm. to what they're doing with the soccer league in Europe. Uh, but I bet you would watch baseball in July if it were the only no. thing on television. Not that desperate, Ben. I'm uh, definitely not. I'm going to put up enough. a secret spy cam in your, in your den and see 
what is on the television yeah. in July? Yeah, no, I, I see like right now, baseball should be on TV. It's in season. Yeah. But I don't miss it whatsoever. Like I don't notice that baseball is gone because I never, I just never, I just kind of get into baseball. Uh, you know, I'm not a baseball fan. Ben, you know this very well. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll root for your team. You know, I want the Yankees to do well because they're your team. Yeah, I love. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't really miss baseball whatsoever. You know, there are certain sports I miss, but baseball is not one of them. Well, I mean, uh, driving, no, it's, it's, driving around LA, you can you notice that baseball is not on television right now. I, I mean, like, I, 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 I notice it because I don't see Dodger hats, Dodger flags. <laughs> Dodger license plates, Dodger stickers on the sides of cars. I don't see any of that right now. And, uh, that is, uh, which that is, is what you would great. normally see. That is which is what news. you would normally see right now. Because um, those people are pretty obnoxious. But what do you think but, about <laughs> about them starting the the league without you know without fans as sort of an experimental half season? I, I think you know what the the plan that they have in place. That's a solid plan. I mean, especially with the expanded uh, playoff teams, it gives more teams a chance since they're not playing three thousand games. Uh, it gives the teams a chance, other teams that, you know, play 82 or whatever, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to basically, I don't know, show how, how good, how, or, you know, how decent they are, you know, cause yeah, I, yeah. I, one thing, the one thing I don't, I don't, you know, that's not fair about the MLB is they play so many games and there are so few teams that actually make it into the playoffs. And I never thought that was fair. And I know they've expanded the playoffs, um, with the wild card and all that. I know that, you know, obviously wasn't there. Um, so that makes it a little more fair, but since they're not playing the full 162 games, you know, I, I think it is fair to have those extra teams sort of prove themselves in the postseason. You know, if if they're not able to in the regular season with the 82 games, and you know they're sort of used to playing more than that, I do find it fair that they do add a few more teams that can sort of state their case. Yeah, I mean, and and they've 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 nibbled around the edges. I mean, back in the day, it was there weren't any playoffs. It was the 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 team with the best record in both leagues played in the World Series. Uh, so they expanded it out to the divisions, and then a wild card, and then they had the, the supplemental mm-hmm. wild card with the one game play in. And so they've 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 tinkered. Although baseball, as you know, changes things very slowly. Uh, I'd be really interested to see how this works out. I mean, they they do have. Uh, a solid commissioner and a solid executive group. They don't have Barney Fife running their league like the NFL does with Roger Goodell. They have a, a solid executive team in place, and I don't understand exactly why they would only don't, play teams don't in their mouth. Barney Fife. I like their, Barney Fife. All right. Yeah, I'd actually I would take Don Knotts over Roger Goodell any day <laughs> of the week. I would take Mister Furley over Roger Goodell. Uh, the only the only thing that was not exciting once, about the NFL again, draft. Our, our younger listeners are wondering what the hell we're talking about, Ben. <laughs> uh, we have some we have some older listeners, I'm sure. On the I'm podcast. sure, I'm sure, but yeah. uh, Commodore, say, we're talking about the Commodore, the Commodore sixty four. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, NFL fans are, you're, are, you're the, are an exciting you're the baseball. group. <laughs> uh, and I'm an, and I'm but the, the old, baseball fan. And I'm the old fuck on the show. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. But you are the baseball fan. You know, I, I don't really care about it. I'm excited. I am. I am much. beyond yeah. excited to be able to mm-hmm. watch uh, the Yankees, who have a, a have a an improved team this year, uh, better pitching. They're going to be less reliant on a home run this year. I hope that they were last year. And I mean, I, I'm excited to see how it works out. I mean, I'm also excited to see how this sort of regionalized play uh, looks and how it feels, because that's how it used to be in the old days, right? I mean, you didn't have planes that could traverse the country. Uh, even in the Jordan documentary, they played, I can't remember who they played. They played so, uh, somebody at home, and then the next day they flew 
across the country to play the same team the following day. No, it was uh, that, Washington. I think it was Washington. the Washington Washington Bullets at the time. Yeah, so yeah, I mean it's not that far, I guess, right? But uh, yeah, three hour flight. But I mean, in the old days, you know, teams played more regional games mm-hmm. than they do now, and I wonder sort of how that will feel. I, I have faith that that Major League Baseball will figure out a way to make this as safe as possible, and I'm just glad there will be some professional sports. I don't know when the MLS is. I don't even know when their season starts ends. Uh, in the United uh, States, but I I'm think... sure they're, they have plans too, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a league I also don't really pay much attention to. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I like it's, soccer, it's, but it's, I like, the, the, you know, it's the world's minor league soccer. soccer team. Yeah, that, I mean, I like watching, you know, good soccer. <laughs> and that's, yeah, exactly. It's not, that's not top notch. That's it's, for sure. It's where old players come to get a payday or when <laughs> or where young players come to try to show that they've got a little something. Uh, but I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how this works out, but I will be happy to watch. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't say that uh, you won't be able to tell the difference between the game, whether there are fans there or not. Uh, I was shocked that you didn't make a comment about I mean, no, I'm, how, boring, I baseball fans how, are. how boring the games are with, especially a Dodger game where you only stand up if it's 18 innings and there's a home run that wins the game. Other than that, you know, Dodger fans don't actually get out of their seats other than to get food. Uh, so it would be interesting to see, you know, how it, how it goes. I mean, I'm used to New York mm. fans, excitable, you know, standing up, cheering. So watching baseball on the West coast was, was a, a new experience for me because they don't do that out here, but uh, I'm really curious to see how it goes. Well, I, I actually think it's, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing about it, Ben. And uh, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good plan that they put in place. I think it's fair. And, you know, I think it's going to work good for baseball. Oh, there you I go. Just, I don't. Finally. I, I don't care. I, I'm good for baseball. I just don't care to watch it. All those times when you said, "I wish I could have that on record," I have it on record. <laughs> Frane saying, "Good for baseball." That's going to be our bumper from this point forward. When we change from segment to segment, it's just going to be Frane on a loop saying, "Good for baseball." Good for baseball. Good for baseball. Uh, but last up, another another story that is near and dear to Frane's heart. Aaron Rodgers needs his blankie. In April, uh-huh. just, shy, uh, just shy of 20 months after Aaron Rodgers signed a $176 million contract extension, the Packers traded up in the first round to draft Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. Rodgers admitted that watching from home with the rest of the country, he was surprised and less than thrilled with the pick of Love, largely because it meant that Rodgers may not finish his career as a member of the Packers. Uh, it's definitely telling at this point that is truly something that's out of my control. Roger said, what I can control is how I play and making the decision at some point a very, very hard one. Uh, you know, if I were to retire in the organization's timetable, then it's an easy decision. But if there comes a time when I feel like I can still play at a high level and my body feels great, you know, then there's other guys out there that have gone on and played elsewhere. I think it was more of a surprise of the pick based on my own feelings of wanting to play into my 40s and really the realization that it does does change the controllables a little bit because as much as I feel confident in my abilities and what I can accomplish and what we can accomplish, there are some new factors that are out of my control. Uh, so Rogers finally you know, voicing his true opinion about someone coming in to do exactly what he did to Brett Favre <laughs> and drive him to fuck out of Green Bay, uh, and he doesn't like it. Franny, go. I know you that, have an opinion was, about this. No, that's what I was just about to say. I mean, it, it, the same thing happened when he came into the league and Brett Favre was sort of, I mean, but, I mean, 
he should understand what the hell's going on right now better than anybody else, you know, because he yeah. did the exact same thing. He was about the same age as Brett Favre was then as he is now, what, 36 years old, somewhere around there. Favre was I 35. Mean, you know, uh, eventually, the organization, the team is going to have to move on. And, and, you know, this is, they're bringing in a new guy to see what they got. You know, if, if he happens to pan out and be a good quarterback, maybe they'll move on with him. If he doesn't pan out with the next year or two years, maybe they'll draft another quarterback with another year or two. Um, but I mean, he, he, this is, he, he, he has a huge ego. You know, that's the one thing I don't like. That's the one thing I don't like about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think he is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks that I've ever seen. Maybe the best quarterback that I've ever seen play the game. You know, I love watching the guy play the game, man. You know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. And and, and at at certain (laughs) moments in time, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're finally giving him some credit as well because you never give the guy well, credit. Well, at, at certain moments in time, he's done things that I've yeah, never but, seen. But any there other are times time. he just doesn't do it consistently. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there are times when he just he should just keep his mouth shut. He should welcome this guy into the league, uh, and 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 just be a mentor to him the same way uh, Jerry Jones is to his son. <laughs> you gotta, right, right, you know, right. Be right. a mentor. <laughs> be a mentor. Go find some oil in Oklahoma, would you? Well, um, <laughs> you know, find- just like when. Jay- <laughs> Jalen Hurts comes into league and well, Wentz welcomed him to the team. You know, there, there was no animosity there. I mean, this, this just is is not a. It's it's not a. It's just not good. It's it's it's. I mean, he should really understand. You know, where Brett Favre was when he was in the league when he first came in, and how Brett Favre treated him when he came in to the league. Because I don't, I don't think Brett Favre did any of this to Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, he was not. He should be pleasant. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, he wasn't a big mentor to to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's no secret. But I don't know what Aaron Rodgers expects, and and he's and he's. I think he's failing to see the upside here, right? Is mm-hmm. retiring in Green Bay more important than winning a championship? I mean, we saw that that Brett Favre sort of botched it a little bit by going to the Jets and then to Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota had a decent team, but New York had no chance. Of of winning a Super Bowl on the we, with the team is constructed. They went to the playoffs. Yeah, they did go to the playoffs with Favre on the roster, but I think Manning sort of gives you the blueprint for how to handle these situations as you go down the stretch. I mean, if for something were to happen to say Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and Rogers is you know in the last year of his contract and they still got a great team in in San Francisco on a well run organization, I mean he's I think he's he's failing to see the upside here because it could get him out of Green Bay. Yeah, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I mean they don't have a very well-run franchise right now in terms of their personnel. They don't. They've they've never really put a great offense around him, and they have not given him the kind of weapons that he deserves either in the running game or at the wide receiver position. So, is retiring in Green Bay more important than going out there and maybe winning another championship? Which he he will have to have the right team to be able to do that. Uh, and he's not the first to go down this road. I mean, Peyton Manning was run out of town. Uh, Joe Namath was, or yeah, Joe Namath was run out of town. Uh, Joe Montana was run out of town. Brett Favre was run out of town. There have been a John Elway, I mean, to his credit, was year, not run out of town. Tom Brady would not really run out of town, but Tom Brady, of all the people to go to any other organization, I mean, he is the Patriots, and he even moved yeah. on out to Tampa and, Bay, and for the and for the exact same reason, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for the exact, I mean, because they weren't putting the kind of offensive weapon and offensive game plan around him to win a championship. Uh, well, well, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they did sort of win six. That, that is true. That is true. A couple of years <laughs> ago, but it looked like the team 
was not going to continue to go in that direction. The the offense last year looked pedestrian. I mean, it's, it's, it's very and, difficult. I mean, in Tom Brady's he, case, it's, it is very difficult, you know, to uh, have that same success. I mean, you know, for more than 20 years, what they did was impressive as hell. Um, but in, in, in Aaron Rodgers case, they never really built the team around him. No. And they got so lucky it, it, for him in his case. Yeah. It is probably better to move on, you know, and, and, and go somewhere else where maybe you can, you know, they'll, they'll actually build and, and cater to him. I mean, because it's a 50, I mean, there's, there's an entire franchise, a city and all the employees of the team. To think, I mean, this is to think that they're just going to wait around for you to retire and then make plans, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like Michael Jordan said, "No, you can't draft Steph Curry. You can't do that because I'm not ready to retire yet. So you can't, you, you can't are you draft Steph Curry credit, Ben. I don't know if I I've am, ever heard you. Yeah, I like. Well, give I mean, him credit. I, I'm not a huge fan. Oh of his. my god! I mean, this is on you know off the podcast. You because never he couldn't, say anything he couldn't nice. play. He couldn't play in the '90s. That's for sure. He he spent yeah, too, playing, He'd be you know, he'd be Gary Payton today. in the '90s. And that's no, true, but be. but you can't. I mean, it's like saying no. You can't draft this. You can't plan for the future, is what is essentially what Aaron Rodgers is saying. You can't. I'm 35. Most quarterbacks do not play at a high level into their late 30s. They just don't. Uh, they play, uh, but Roethlisberger is is a rarity. Tom Brady is certainly a rarity. Uh, these guys don't play. I mean, Peyton Manning fell off a fucking cliff at 38. I mean, he just went right into the dumper. Uh, and that last year with Denver. So to think that, that 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 they're two years away from your 38th birthday, give or take, and that they're out of line for trying to plan for the future, and they have a quarterback that they like in this particular draft, I just think Aaron Rodgers is being a little bit unreasonable as he because mm-hmm. he pouted on the bench not being able to start behind Brett Favre, and now he's pouting on the way out the door. <laughs> and I just don't, I don't, I, I think that yeah, he's, no, it's just it's just a he's not disciplined move. enough. You know, it's he's he's proven to be a jerk in the past, and he's just acting like one right now. And you know, I don't I don't agree with it. I still think he's a great quarterback. I know. I'll bring out the legless bobblehead. One of our dogs. One of our dogs <laughs> chewed off uh, Franny's uh, Aaron Rodgers bobblehead that we have over here at the house. So uh, he's 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 legless right now. All right, Franny, that is it for the NFL news. You want to take a quick break? And then we'll. Oh, you know one more thing, Ben. Oh, yeah. Before we move on, shoot. What do you think about? What do you think? There's been there's been a lot of new jerseys. Oh, in the uh, league so far. Are you gonna ask me about and the Rams. I was gonna ask you about the Rams jersey. Uh, I know it's not on the agenda tonight, but since we're talking about NFL news, uh, we've seen all the new jerseys. I think there's six new jerseys that are coming out this next season. Um, what do you think about the Rams uh, logo all, slash jersey? All that's missing is a. Some kind of corporate logo, and you could slap it on a NASCAR. I mean, it's I. I mean, I agree with Eric Dickerson, Dickerson who mm-hmm. I think this week said uh, that the that the new color scheme and the new uniforms make them look soft. I think they're plain. I think the colors are too bright. Uh, it just seems weak. I mean, that's really the only word I can use to describe it. They just seem unimaginative and 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 kind of weak. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. More importantly, I mean, I mean, it's like you said. I, I think the blue it's like a is weird way crayon. too blue. It, it's very bright. It hurt, my, it hurt my eyes. Blue. It's it's cool. It's like one of those alternate jerseys that you would maybe wear once, but not you know for the entire season. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the logo or the logos because it looks like there's multiple logos. Um, 
but yeah, I, I wasn't really a big fan of it. And like you said, it does kind of make him look uh, a, a little soft out there. And um, yeah, I just can't believe that there's a design design firm out there that was paid probably a shit ton, you know, m- millions of dollars to come up with the whole scheme, and it it does not look good at all. And and uh, you know, it's what they're stuck with, right? At least for this season. I didn't have a I didn't have a problem with but their why old change logo. it. I mean, the old yeah, uniforms were nice. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with that white and blue. I, I really like that white blue yeah. uh, color scheme. Yeah, I mean, and I've always liked the Rams uniforms, even when yeah. they were in St. Louis. I, I I think it's a pretty solid, traditional, good looking uniform. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to wrap my mind around an LA team that looks good because the Chargers well, the, uniforms are so yeah. horrific. The, char- um, the Chargers uniforms are awesome. Oh God, they're like it's something out of it. No, no, no. No, I do not like classic. No, those are classic. The powder blues are a classic. I disagree. Powder blue. What is this? What are we? What what, what, what sport is this? This curling? But then again, I'm also, you know, I'm a fan of UCLA and it kind of reminds me of, I I like that color. That's a nice color. I like the UCLA uniform. The Chargers uniform is almost the exact same color. But it doesn't have that ridiculous thunderbolt on the helmet. It just, it's either just a gold helmet with UCLA on it or. Yeah, the thunderbolt's not the greatest. All right. So what's the but what's That's, the it is what it is. They have a gold helmet with UCLA. Do they have another color helmet either away or home? Or is it just uh, a gold with the UCLA on? I mean, it? They have some alternate ones. So I mean, I've yeah. seen some alternate helmets that they have as well. Like Plus I always root for I can't help but root. I live here now in LA. So I root for UCLA. I mean they're the they're the hometown team that's well, the USC state school sort of. that can't pay their they can't pay their coach 30 million dollars or 15 million dollars <laughs> like USC can. Uh so they've got to be a little bit scrappier. So I, I I appreciate UCLA and Troy Aikman, of course. Uh, but I appreciate <laughs> UCLA. Uh, but yeah, I I I think that the, the Rams are looking for to change for no good reason. Yeah, there was no no need for it. I had I, that makes no sense. I mean, why why change the sort of color scheme that you have? That's very traditional. Just because you're coming from St. Louis, you were here in L.A. before with the same color scheme. Yeah, it's been almost well unchanged yeah. for like sixty years. It's been mm-hmm. almost unchanged. It's like the Steelers yeah. next year. Like like we're gonna scrap. We're gonna scrap the the black and gold and we're yeah. going to go to like <laughs> fuchsia and orange all, or something. all white helmets with the logo. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Uh, Franny, you want to take a quick break and then we'll move on. All right. Sounds hold, good. hold tight, everybody. All right. And we are back in Ben on the big board. Next up, we have our promo for our fellow podcaster out there. It looks like it's just one yes. promo this week. Yeah, we're running a promo this week for one of our fellow independent NFL podcasters out there. We do this for the love of the sport, for the love of podcasting, not to make money, not to get rich. Uh, so we'll give you a quick promo and we'll be right back. Hello, NFL fans. Welcome to the Third Down Squad podcast your international news podcast for the National Football League. We satisfy your need for NFL news all year round with our weekly news coverage, as well as predictions, draft analysis, gambling, and lots of other content sharing our laughs and thoughts with you. Come join the squad by listening on Spotify, CastBox FM, or Google Podcast. And if the sound of our voices does not satisfy you enough already, head over to YouTube and watch the whole show as a video version. To get even more exclusive content, make sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. So let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. All right, folks, that is a shout out and a promo for the third Down Squad podcast hosted by Derek, 
John, and Tobias. This is a great All Things NFL podcast. You can find them on YouTube. Look for a link on the show notes or in the show notes and on all podcatchers and on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. Franny, what is next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Eagles news, Steelers news, and Seahawks news. All right, Franny, where would you like to start? Eagles, Seahawks, or Steelers? Well, let's start with, do we have Steelers news this week? We do, just a little bit. Oh, we do. Okay, all right. (laughs) Let's start with the Seahawks, Ben. All right, we are going to start with the Seahawks, and we're not going to talk about uh, Quentin Dunbar's multiple <laughs> arrests or one arrest for multiple armed robberies. Oh man! Uh, because that just we don't know. At least I don't have enough facts, or we don't have enough facts about what actually took place there uh, to report out. Uh, but this is a little interesting tidbit of news coming out of Seattle: Cam Newton. The Seattle Seahawks have technically not needed a backup quarterback since they drafted Russell Wilson's. Russell Wilson has never missed a game in the NFL. He's only ever missed two practices in the NFL, and both of those misses were for funerals. While he has left a game before, it was only to return a couple snaps later to play through an injury that generally sidelines people for weeks. Russell Wilson is probably invincible, but it doesn't mean the Seahawks would never go without a backup or could go without a backup. His stability does, however, mean that Seattle feels confident carrying only two QBs on the roster as opposed to some teams, most teams, that keep three. Which makes it which makes it amusing that the player currently rumored for that spot carries the nickname of Superman. Yes, the same Cam Newton released this year by the Carolina Panthers. This is a rumor that gained some traction a week ago, but has stubbornly not gone away, including reports as recent as May 12th that Newton would indeed spend time on the bench and would indeed be open to an offer from the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, and Cam Newton on the same roster? Uh, I mean, it's got to go somewhere. Pretty good, pretty good depth right there, you know, at the quarterback position. If if Russell Wilson happens to go down, uh, you know, which he really has not his entire career, he's been pretty much healthy, and I hope I did not jinx that. I know, right now. Those. Yeah, right. Knock on wood, Ben. Um, but I, you know, I just don't know, you know, financially how they would make it work. I'm not sure, you know, how much Cam is looking for and, and how much the Seahawks can actually afford to give them right now. I'm not, I'm not sure. They got what about their 21, cap space is they got like. about 21 million in cap space right now. 21, 24 yeah. million. That's not bad. That's actually not terrible. I just don't know how much they want to spend on Cam Newton. Yeah. And, and according to the, the the coaches it wouldn't be a, a change to the offense they've already uh, come out and said it wouldn't be a change to the offense in other words they're not going to go out there and start running the wildcat week one which is something they haven't done before they're not going to change up the offense if they were to if they were to sign Newton it would be essentially for the same purpose of signing uh, of the the Eagles going out and taking Jalen Hurts looking for someone who can provide a backup potential to someone who is their starter, but during a long 17-game season with potentially uh, three playoff games on top of that, that it would be uh, someone that they'd like to have in their back pocket. So they're not going to change the offense, but they would like to have him as sort of an insurance policy to Russell Wilson in a long, long season, potentially a 20-game season. 
I just I, I can't imagine him just sitting and riding the bench for mm-hmm. you know for a full season behind Russell Wilson. But it, you know not and there aren't a lot of opportunities for the Seattle Seahawks to have a big lead in the fourth quarter uh, where they would have a, a backup coming in in garbage time because they're always winning the game in the last five minutes. That is true. They, they, they usually play themselves into those situations. Um, but I don't know. How, how realistic do you think that is, Ben? I mean, it's, it's obviously a rumor, but how realistic do you think this is? I mean, it's been you know gaining traction, but do you think this might really actually happen? I do. I do. Uh, every, you know, everyone else has a starter, everyone else. I mean, there are 32 teams have, have starting quarterbacks that they are at least ostensibly, ostensibly behind and supporting. So one team is as good as any other team. As far as I could tell, uh, a lot of teams already have backups teams that have, that have iffy quarterbacks. Trubisky mm-hmm. has Foles backing him up. Uh, Prescott, if he doesn't come back has Dalton backing him up. There aren't a lot of teams out there with iffy quarterback iffy starters that don't have backups in place. So why not go to the best possible situation where if the quarterback goes down, you're on a great team with great coaching. Great, great team, but Russell Wilson just doesn't have an injury history though. So, so I mean, for Cam Newton, yeah. he, he he just might sit there the entire season. So although they're a good football team, uh Russell Wilson is a very intelligent player uh, which has kept him from getting injured because he knows when to go down, when knows when to slide. Even with the uh, terrible offensive lines that he's had to deal with, um, he just happens to get away from pressure. He seems to have, you know, eyes on the back of his helmet, and he always gets away. So, I mean, there has been not one quarterback that has gone in as a backup to Russell Wilson and played a game other other than you know being up by a ton of points, where it's just garbage time at that point. But you know, for Cam Newton. It's kind of risky, you yeah, know, to go that, into the Seahawks and, and go into that situation where you know he's going to sit behind a player because he's been so used to starting in this league. I mean, MVP, you know, he went to the Super Bowl and to sit for an entire season. I, I'm just not sure if he would be willing to do that. Yeah, and they're talking to Geno Smith allegedly too, uh, potentially bringing him back as the backup, which which is more of a placeholder. Uh, I don't know that Geno Smith would give you much production, mm-hmm. so. I mean, I like the move. Oh, I mean, it would be great, but I just don't know how that would work. I mean, for, he's you know, go for Cam somewhere. Newton, I, yeah, that is true. That is true. But, I mean, for him, I just don't know if it's the best situation. You know, for him, in order to play football, I just don't think it's going to happen where he's going to actually get on the field. No. I mean, Matt Ryan doesn't get hurt. Miami's got a brand-new starter. Uh, you know, I would think you know, New Orleans has I, you know, two I, starters. I, I just I don't know. Oakland just seems like a, a good A third quarterback? I, well... <laughs> That is John Gruden's way. So you have Mariota, Carr, I, yeah, but I, and Newton but Mariota, on the same roster. Both, yeah, but both Mariota and Carr are almost the same quarterback. I mean, that move made absolutely that no sense to me. That would be something to have the, all three of those guys on the same roster. I can't even. Yeah, I, I, a, think he, I think he would have a better chance of getting on the field in Oakland than he would in uh, in Seattle. Oh, I think that's true because neither one of the, the quarterbacks they have in front of him are particularly good. I don't, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Arizona's got a quarterback. San Francisco's got a quarterback. Everyone in the NFC uh, East has a quarterback. Everyone in the NFC North has a quarterback. Everyone in the NFC South has a quarterback. Everyone in the AFC has a quarterback, as far as I can tell from, from memory. So he's got to go somewhere. Um, and why not go to a team that if if the starting quarterback does get hurt, uh, you're not just slopping, you know, mopping up garbage time. You're actually on a team that that could compete, and you could be Superman again. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens, Ben. All right. I just I love that. I love that move. I think if anyone could straighten him out, uh, could could get him in the right frame of mind, it would be playing for someone like Russell Wilson or you know Michael Jordan. Not that Michael Jordan and Russell Wilson are alike, uh, but but I think Russell Wilson has that work ethic, that mentality, that winner's mentality that Newton could definitely benefit from. Uh, next up, we'll take the Eagles. The Eagles might be looking to add another, another veteran <laughs> running back to their depth chart. According to Mike K of New Jersey advance media, the Eagles are interested in former Houston Texan and San Francisco's running back Carlos Hyde. According to Adam Kaplan of inside the birds during the last episode of the inside the birds podcast, Kaplan said the Eagles are targeting Hyde as a potential free agent addition. What say you about bringing in, oft maligned Carlos Hyde to your already deep stable of running backs that you always seem to have, which is interesting going into the next story uh, because the teams could not be more different in this regard. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, if, if for the right price, I'll take Carlos Hyde. Yeah, for the right I, I price, you'll take any running back. I'll, exactly. I'll take anybody. Although we, you know, we, we already have Miles Sanders. We have, you know, Corey Clement is coming back and, you know, Boston Scott is also there. So, I mean, those, those are, that's, you know, a pretty good trio of running backs. Um, but, you, you know, Carlos, Carlos Hyde is, is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's more of the type of back that would pound the ball. Um, you know, neither Miles Sanders, uh, nor Boston Scott, uh, nor Corey Clement are that type of a runner. And he can also catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, you know, so for the right price, I would definitely, you know, take Carlos Hyde and, and, you know, he could be used for short yardage situation. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I would rather focus on other parts of the team uh, that need to be addressed. Like, you know, still the secondary and the linebacking core, um, but for the right price, I'll take him. Yeah. I mean, he is coming off his first 1000 yard rushing season. Uh, Peterson has said time and time again this offseason that he intends to get faster on offense. Uh, this doesn't sort of, it's not really in line with with the mentality that Peterson claims is the goal going into this season, but it would have a nice would be a nice power complement to Miles Sanders and the other 10 running backs that you have on the roster. I mean, maybe next year Peterson just will cut all the wide receivers and just have eight running backs on the roster and bring Josh McCown back to play wide receiver uh, because you guys collect running backs like John Gruden collect quarterbacks. Uh, I, I like the move. I think that that's something that has been missing in Philadelphia for a long time is that power runner, that runner that can pick up short yardage, why is right, it right in long? the A gap. I mean, what was the last? Yeah, but that, how many years ago was that? Uh, two, two three? years ago. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the year the devil? Yeah, was I mean, Super like Garrett Blunt, and then uh, yeah. But Ajay Blunt was, was Blunt was not a long term. No, yeah, for a year I mean, or two. He was there. He was there. JGI also, you know, he was he was a pretty decent short yardage guy. So you know, they they've had those guys there. It's just that they get rid of them. I mean, you know, it's not something that we have on the team right now. They sort of come and go. Yeah, that's true. But I like. I mean, I would love to see Hyde. Uh, you know, especially uh, with the way that Carson Wentz likes to play, it would be nice to have someone in there that could pick up those short yardage situations. It could actually give give them more manageable third down uh, situations, moving in from a second down and you know second down and eight to a to a third down and four, third down and three. That would be something that that I think the Eagles would benefit from, and they could probably get them pretty cheap. I mean, he's coming off a thousand yard season. You know, signed with the Chiefs. Actually, Pittsburgh uh, could probably last season them. before he went to the Texans. 
Oh, that's but this is an interesting. That's why this is a great segue coming into the <laughs> to the Steelers story. The Steelers have said this week and always uh, a time immemorial. The Steelers are not going to go with a running back by committee. Uh, during a live interactive call with Steelers Nation, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin responded to a question about whether he was planning to deploy a running back by committee approach this season. Tomlin said, I'm a feature running, I'm a feature runner type of guy by mentality. I think if you have a feature runner, it gives them an opportunity to drop a stake in the ground and allows others to rally around him. It gives you a set of core phase run plays that he specializes in, and you find a rhythm in that way. By no, but no question in today's game, that a feature runner needs to be supplemented and supplemented by guys who are capable of doing similar things in case he misses time, but also supplemented by guys who are capable of doing different things to maybe challenge the defense in different ways. And I think that's just the makeup of our group right now. The Steelers currently have six running backs on the roster. Uh, James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Kareth White, Trey Edmonds, and rookie Anthony McFarland. Uh, Connor missed six games in 2019, but still managed managed to lead the team in rushing with 464 yards. Benny Snell ended up with 426 yards on 180 attempts, uh, but no question in today's game. Uh, you need complimentary running backs, but that's why I thought it was interesting that coming off that Eagle story that Mike Tomlin put a stake in the ground, as he said this week, that he's going with James Conner as the feature back. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. And even though we've got six running backs on the roster, none of them are particularly, well, <laughs> let's be honest. None of them are particularly good. Yeah. Uh, you saw Benny Snell sense. last year. Yeah. Benny Snell wasn't that good. I mean, even, you know, Connor hasn't really impressed. I mean, he, he was pretty good. Not last season, but Early season on. before um, he was injured pretty much all of last season or, you know, he was hobbled by injury injury most of last season. Um, so I don't know why he's so confident in just going with one running back. I mean, ever since Le'Veon Bell, uh, even Le'Veon had his injury issues uh, because he was forced to do so much. And you would think that Mike Tomlin would learn a little something from that by forcing the running back to do so much. Um, Pittsburgh has had issues with running backs for the past, well, for a while. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think it's time to just move on to a running back by committee. I mean, it's become popular all, all, all throughout the league. There's not too many teams that have that one premier running back doing everything. And when they do, those guys tend to get injured after a year or two, and then you're going back to running back by committee. Yeah, I mean, this is another, again, this is one of the reasons that I love my Pittsburgh Steelers, because as much as I can hold on, I know it's childish, but as much as I can hold on to that old school style of football, we intend to hold on to it. And and I think that's where Mike Tomlin comes from. He'd like to have a feature running back. James Conner might not be the guy. Uh, I think he, you know, came into the league. Mike Tomlin came into the league with uh, with Jerome Bettis as as the as the. I think I think he got the tail end of Jerome Bettis's career, and you know was able. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall. Uh, played, I think, for three or four years as a feature back. So he's he's been a feature back coach for a long time, and he had some really great backs in the past. And if James Conner can stay healthy, I think he could be that guy. But, you know, much with, you know, some of these teams where you just don't know what the Ryan – and I think you saw it at, at later in the season last year, even though Benny Snell had, had the second most yardage on a team, you saw him sort of switching back and forth with, with running backs at the end of the year when he didn't have a feature back. Not quite – it wasn't quite – clear what the game plan was. Uh didn't seem like there was any rhyme or reason to why guys were getting pulled out, why new guys what you know why someone else was coming in. And I think that 
it simplifies the offense for Tomlin, and I think that's why he likes it. Um, but I'd love to see Connor, you know, with fourteen hundred yards next year. But I just think it's an, an interesting uh, juxtaposition between Tomlin and Peterson because they could not be more different when it comes to using their running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think Peterson um, has too many running backs in the game. You know, I mean, you know, once one running back seems to get hot and and find their groove, he brings in another one. No matter what the game situation is, he just brings in the other guy, and he brings him in at the wrong time. He brings in the little guy when you need short short yard situation, and he brings in the big guy for the long runs that you know that, that he's trying to break out. So I mean, it, he he switches him in and out of the game way too often. But then at the same time, Tomlin can't rely on one guy and expect him to play the entire season and not worry about injury. Because yeah. that's been an issue for the Steelers. You rely on that one guy, and then he gets injured, and then you don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Yeah, that's true. And you saw what it helped Peterson last year by having no choice. Yeah. But it was I mean, either it, Boston Scott or Boston season. Scott. Yeah. And, and well, Boston Scott, now we know who the next Darren Sproles will be. It was sort of a blessing in disguise. Now we know what role he can play and you know what he will be moving forward. But the injuries that were I mean, on the team, both at the wide receiver and running back situation, put, put him in sort of a uh, a play-calling conundrum where he had no mm-hmm. choice but mm-hmm. to limit the number of running backs that he had to to deploy. No, yeah. and But but just, just you know, finding him sort of a diamond in the rough, uh, you know. He's very good it, at that. It, 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 <laughs> well, he sort of lucked into this because he was on the practice squad. And Greg and, Ward. And, then, and, and Greg and, Ward. And then you, you see, I don't know, I'm not sure if Greg Ward's going to be on the team now, or, you know, at least play a uh, during the regular season, we'll see what happens with the with the wide receivers. Uh, but with uh, with Boston Scott, definitely have a lot of confidence. I have a lot of confidence in him. You know, playing the sort of that Darren Sproles role, and we would have never figured that out if we didn't have the injuries. So, but now you know, he's kind of sort of proving himself. You know, I, I, I would I would be disappointed not to see him on the field next season. Uh, you know, playing the same role that Darren Sproles was, you know, going to play before the injuries sort of stacked up. Agreed. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have your feel-good story. Oh, we have our feel-good story of the week. Every single week, we try to bring you something, something from the 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 sunshine in in <laughs> in what is going on in the world, something that's happy, something that we can, you know, that we can look at and say, you know, the world hasn't completely gone to shit and here we go we have our feel good story of the week you have the music there it is all right we have a little bit of a story from the man who was run out of chicago because nick Foles had to come in and back up mitchell don't call me mitch trubisky chase daniel of the Detroit Lions is leveraging his platform as a, as an NFL player to help COVID-19 relief efforts through his new show, Chase Chats. The show features online conversations between Daniel and various players and coaches around the NFL that he's crossed paths with, with during his NFL career. With the effects of COVID-19 pandemic sweeping the U.S., Daniel has announced a special episode of Chase Chats, to reunite members of the 2007 Missouri football team that he quarterbacked to a 12-2 and record at Mizzou. The show will broadcast on Friday, May 1st at 7 p.m. Central Time. Well, it did broadcast on at May once on 7 
BM Central Time, and on his Twitter and Facebook pages. It was designed to help raise money to support the food bank for Central and Northeast Missouri, which is in desperate need of help. And Daniel pledged to match every gift gift up to $25,000. And since May 1st, Daniel has raised over $150,000 as a result of this Chase Chats episode. And this number continues to go up day after day, week after week. Uh, he had to come in and spell Mitchell Trubisky. I think last was it last year or the year before last getting deep in the season, somewhat near a playoff game or in a playoff game. Uh, so what say you about Chase Daniel doing what he can do to help his alma mater's uh, general area and state? No, good. for. I mean, essentially, it's a podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Chase yeah, yeah. Chats. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a great, great name. Chase Chats. I like that. Um but no, good, good for Chase Daniels. I mean, uh, you know, he's a better quarterback than Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, he played pretty so, well. He played pretty well when he when he came know, in for him. Well, it's it's not you know difficult to play better than you know Mitchell Trubisky. He sort of got the short end of the stick right there, and, and Chicago forced Mitchell Trubisky in there because you know they gave up a lot for him. Um, but you know, Chase Daniels probably would have been that better option uh, for Chicago. Um, but you know, good for good for Chase. I'm gonna get his bobblehead too, Ben. All right. We're going to put him on the Mount Rushmore of mediocre quarterbacks that Frane loves to death. Uh, we'll have to give Aaron Rodgers his own sort of like little museum area <laughs> off to the right, maybe. Uh, but the rest of the mediocre guys, you know, Foles and Daniel and, hey, Foles and, and Cousins is a and, Super Bowl and champ. Smith. That's true. That's true. That is true. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. That MVP. was our feel good story no of the week but mvp that is true all right friday what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben we have the last dance the jordan slash bulls documentary ben and you're finally you, you caught up last week you were behind me but you did catch up. You watched uh, episode six, seven, and eight, and tomorrow they'll be premiering episode nine and ten on ESPN. I can't wait to watch that. But I'm also sad at the same time because it is such a wonderful show. And since oh. there is no sports on TV right now, this sort of fills fills that void of having no sports, and it's just great to watch and uh, to reminisce about the days of Michael Jordan and that wonderful Bulls team. Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll be right back and we'll recap episode six, seven, and eight. All right, and we are back and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jordan documentary slash Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. And... Okay, there it is. That's what I wanted to hear right there. Oh, that brings me back. That's some chills right right there. Early 90s right there. Waking up as a little kid. I was a little kid. Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) I had gray hair.
it's classic. I mean, that you know, that's uh, that's the perfect music for uh, for introducing a starting lineup right there. I think they still do that. I think the Bulls yeah. still use that same music. Um, Just doesn't but, mean uh, anything. You know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, no. Back then, back then, it's definitely uh, brings back memories. Uh, you know, watching them introduce that squad uh, in the early '90s and the late '90s as well. Uh, ben, what'd you think about episode six, seven, and eight? I loved it. I mean, I loved every minute of it. I am so glad, as Franny mentioned before we went to break, uh, that they decided to do this. I mean, I don't know when they started filming on this, but it's it's so well put together, so well produced. They have all the right people uh, giving interviews, giving their perspective, giving their honest take on uh, what happened. Uh, you know, episode six was... You know, essentially, you know, the Jordan Rules book that came out and, and potential, you know, a little bit of a beef with, with Horace Grant that ended up, I think, sending uh, Horace Grant eventually uh, when Krauss sent him off to the Magic. Uh, there was the, the gambling controversy with how serious it was and whether it was impacting his game, whether it was, you know, whether he had an addiction problem. And I think that, I think you, you mentioned that a little bit, uh, on the last episode that, that Jordan still might be focusing a little bit more on whether he broke any laws and a little less on whether or not it was actually a problem. Uh, you know, marijuana is not against the law in California, but that doesn't mean you smoke an ounce a day. So, I mean, I think gambling was something that he enjoyed doing and it, and I think he sort of viewed it as his only real vice other than smoking cigars in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just Somebody's like, why, so- why can't you get off my fucking back about this? I don't do anything else. Can you just fucking let me slide? <laughs> I went to Atlantic City until 2 o'clock in the morning, then we lost the game. Okay, whatever. And they ended up winning that series, too. They won that series. But, you know, I, I think he probably had a... I mean, he he, he doesn't admit uh, to have a gambling problem. Uh, you know, obviously, when you're... Uh, you know, he was a millionaire back then. He's a billionaire now. Uh, when you have that much money and you gamble... You know, you, you just don't think of it as gambling because you're never going to really get into, you know, those sorts of money issues because you have so much of it. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think that had something to do with him sort of, you know, getting out of the limelight and, and sort of, you know, getting into baseball and, and retiring that first time around. Um, but, uh, you know, well, you brought up Horace Grant, Ben. And, you know, I, it, I love when, Horace Grant. When, when Jordan did come back in 95, which both mean you forgot that he did come back. Yeah. I forgot um, that he came back at the end of that season. You know, he played against them in that playoffs and that's something yeah. that the bulls were missing was that inside presence yeah. that Horace Grant gave them. So that was a huge mistake by Krause. all the great stuff that he did, but he was, he was, he had a huge ego and he was, he was a jerk. He was a dick. Oh, Kraus. I mean, yeah, yeah, he had, he had, I mean, he had, uh, he had put, he put together a pretty good squad, uh, for that initial run. Yeah, but bringing, you know, Kerr, Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan together, I mean, that was really all he did. I mean, there, I mean, Wennington and Bueller, Bu- Bu- I can't pronounce the guy's name, and Paxson and Bushler. And Bushler and, and the rest of those guys. I mean, it wasn't like he made any spectacular moves outside of, outside of, and Kukoc, I mean, and, but he was, and he was a solid, solid player making a trade for Kukoc. But it was wasn't a very solid role, yeah. But player. I mean, you know, he, but on a team, you know, in a sport where five guys are on the court and it's majority of the same five guys for most of the game, you know, you 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 make good decisions on three of them, two of them sometimes will get you a championship. So it wasn't like Kraus is some genius. 
Um, mm-hmm. but but letting Grant walk on that contract to to Orlando clearly hurt him in '95. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, watch. I mean, that Knicks final. Mm, mm, God, that brought back. I mean, as a New <laughs> York, as a kid who was in New York, growing up in New York, was live in New York at that time. Uh, God, it just takes me back to when the Knicks had a. Hey, who, did, team. who did you root with for? You and, who you, you oh, for the Knicks, I mean, of course. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. The day they hired Isaiah Thomas, I was like, "This is not this. It, it's, it's we're already bad, and and this is going to be." And then they wouldn't fire him, Isaiah Thomas, even though he ran the fucking team into the ground. They had like six point guards on the team at one point. Um, you know, he he was just a he's a terrible person. God knows he's a terrible uh, NBA executive or foot or, or basketball executive, generally speaking. And I just abandoned the Knicks because they just they just don't know what they're doing. They had they haven't known what they've been doing for a long time, but I was a huge Knicks fan. I mean, that Starks team with Johnson and Ewing and, I mean, they had a pretty good squad Mm -hmm. and they played that and they played him tough. I mean, they knocked his ass around, uh, in that series. I think Pat Riley was the coach at the time, uh, of the Knicks. And that was, that was a rough series, but, but after they gave him shit about gambling in Atlantic city, came back the game after that and ended the series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And that finals, the finals against the Suns in episode six, the I think that was a, what that the that was a ninety three that was a ninety three finals yeah ninety three against... finals yeah and Paxson wasn't was supposed also... to, wasn't supposed to take that shot yeah <laughs> but he took it he took but, it and it, what he, I think it was what he say he was uh, he was scared shitless or something like that I mean he just you know he obviously took the shot. But it came to him, and he was prepared, and he took it, and they won. You know, and you can just see, we talked about this yeah. a little bit last week too. And you can see how much he meant to him. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's what Jordan, I think that's something that sort of lost on Jordan a little bit is how much some of those moments meant to the guys who were able to to come through and 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 contribute to the to those championships. Mm-hmm. Is that it, it, I mean that, that that shot probably is Paxson has probably talked about that shot with friends, relatives, and neighbors. A million times, and that's not even an understatement. Uh, yeah, that's since you know, the then. biggest moment of his life, right there, you know, and and you know, obviously, you know, Jordan would score fifty points or whatever, but yeah, it was it was those moments. It, it's it's the role players around him also that that had you know such a big impact on what he did uh, accomplish. Um, but also been in that was you know episode uh, six. I'm not sure if you have anything to add about episode six, nope. but it was episode seven and eight. Um, that were on and, and and Jordan they talked about how he was motivated or tried to find motivation in every small thing. Yeah, you know, any like small he, slight. You know, and anybody that, you know, anything. walked by him or, or you know, blew their nose or something. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, he, it was disrespectful. I want lime uh, jello. We only have cherry. You only yeah. have cherry? You're gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker knew Michael Jordan was coming you. into this restaurant and he didn't have fucking lime jello. <laughs> But he, and, then he put, and he bankrupts the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, every, I mean, you mentioned before the podcast George Carl George saying Carl. hello or not saying hello. Either way, yeah. would have would have screwed George Carl if he said something. He would have he would have you know paid attention to what he said and used that as motivation. He says nothing, yeah. and he uses that as motivation. <laughs> uh, makes up the forty five doesn't look as good as twenty three. Uh, in I think it was the 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 season before in the ninety five series. Yeah, and the BJ but, Armstrong. You know, uh, looking over at the bench and 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 taunting uh, the bench and 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 using that obviously in that uh, series. Um, but I mean, you know, he's he's you know, we obviously knew that Jordan had that sort of personality. 
um, where he, he's he's just uh, you know he's just that winning sort of mentality where he just doesn't give a shit about whoever's on the other team. He doesn't even give a shit about some of the, his teammates. It seemed like almost no and, and their feelings and their emotions, especially with calling everybody a hoe and a bitch. Yeah, he um, did not care. <laughs> he's like, if you're not on my level, was, I don't want to talk to you. All, but nobody was on his level. I mean, he, and 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 just watching uh, him laugh at Gary Payton. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, whatever, Gary, yeah, yeah. come on. You, you couldn't guard me. No. And his reaction to that. Uh, but I mean, that's, you just have to be that way. I mean, he, he is the greatest for a reason, in my opinion, he's the greatest basketball player. Um, but you have to be, have that sort of mentality. You sort of have to be a jerk uh, and not care about what people think about you in order to be, you know, yeah. Cause you just watch, ever. you watch Charles Barkley try to like t- tie his head up into knots to try to explain you know why they lost that that series first it's you know i play, i mean i thought it was interesting to hear him say i played as well as i could possibly play mm-hmm. and and he still beat me i mean but you know but but you have to have that ego right for charles barkley to think that he was the best basketball basketball player in the world until that mm-hmm. game yep give me a i mean come on honestly <laughs> charles you, you got the mvp that year but you were never the best basketball player in the world any yeah. year ever <laughs> uh because you ate your way out of that potential uh moniker uh but I, I mean but but to hear jordan say you know and and i don't know if it's i mean when you're playing a team sport and you're all doing the same thing i think it's you know because you hear a lot of managers say you know i won't ask anyone to do something that i won't do which is idiotic if you're if you're the boss why would the boss get down and fucking dig a trench if if, if you're in a construction business but but to, for him to say you know, he never asked anybody else to do something that he wouldn't do, that he was always there working. And you saw um, when he was filming whatever the hell it was, Space Jam or whatever. Space Jam. You know, working all day, practicing, mm-hmm. work, on, you know, on his lunch. His work ethic was like nobody else's. And then having those pickup games after, mm-hmm. you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, that just, it just blew me away. Yeah. And just studying the the players too. I mean, the players that he had there that he brought in so he can play, and to play against them, and then you know use that against them in the regular season to see what their tendencies usually are. And Ben, you disappeared. It looks like did you get stung by a bee again? Nope, I just had to grab a beer. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was wondering where you disappeared. I thought maybe you got stung by a bee. I had to um, grab but, my Modelo. <laughs> but uh, you know, using that time filming space jam to study his opponents and their tendencies yeah. and how they play. I mean, you know, he, he, he was a he dirty was really, motherfucker. Yeah, he was, but I mean, he, that's why he is, <laughs> he is. And then that fight with Steve Kerr, we, they talked a little bit oh, about that fight with Steve that. Kerr and Steve Kerr, uh, standing up to Jordan. And, and, and I think Jordan sort of has some, you know, he, he, he got you know a little more respect for for Kerr after that right. incident because he said it earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember the guy's name, but we picked on it, picked on it, picked on it, picked on it, picked on over and over and over rookie, again. That rookie, that um, rookie, yeah, was like he was just nice. And he's like, he's like, because he, Jordan talked about it, like, how far can I push you before you fucking stand up to me and tell yeah. me enough? Um, and and Kerr obviously was not gonna. <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't a big guy. I mean, he was never really a big guy. Um, no, but six, clearly six. he would beat the, beat the piss out of, out of, out of Steve Kerr. <laughs> and, but for Steve Kerr to stand up to him, I mean, you could tell that Michael Jordan respected that he could only push him so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you saw a lot of, a lot of that in the way he treated his, his, his teammates mm-hmm. and with his father's passing, 
Mm-hmm. We talked about that as well. You yeah. know, in, in episode seven, you could see why you could see why he took a step away. Mm-hmm. Um, to be that good at what you do, and to just do it over, and as much work as it goes into it, you know, what's the next mountain to climb? Right. I mean, the championship is the highest is the mountain top, and you've yeah. done it. You did it three years in a row, and it, um, and it was important to him to do it three in a row because neither bird nor magic i mean they they know magic had five championships but he didn't win three in a row uh and and so that meant a lot to him but you know just uh for him to go into retirement you know obviously um you know his, his father's death played into that but also just the media circus around the you know surrounding theories, his entire yeah. You know, life. You know, every waking moment, he was surrounded by media uh, or fans or somebody that just wanted a piece of him. You know, that played into it. Um, and then so they show him, you know, going to baseball and and yeah. and you know how hard he worked at baseball uh, after not playing baseball for so many years and 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 uh, you know changing his body to a baseball body, which is probably much sloppier than a you know basketball player's body because baseball players wow. are not very Slop- physical. I wouldn't say sloppier. I'd say I'd say, I'd say different, different. But I mean, it was really telling to see Ahmad Rashad say, you know, earlier before he left that Magic Johnson, you know, told him, look, you're going to run this guy out of the league to the media. If you don't stop what you're doing mm-hmm. and how you're treating him, you're going to run this guy out of the league Yeah, because he's going to he's going to grow tired of this shit. And he's going to and, and he sure enough, uh, you know, I mean, and to see him play double A where he would have normally played. Mm hmm at a lower level of ball, but they had to have, you know, a big enough facility for him. I don't know about Ryan. I watched him play, so I'm not sure about (laughs) Reinsdorf Reinsdorf analysis that he would make it to the major leagues. I think, Um, I think he would only for marketing reasons. Back then the, the level of play was a lot higher in terms of making the, the, the board, but they would vary for entries. Yeah. But the stands would be full. And I think that's the only reason. I think that's the only reason why, uh, if any, I mean, even Double A, you know, he brought a lot of fans to the game, uh, just being who he was. Um, so I, I think he would have made it to MLB not because you know uh, being a skilled player, but just because of you know his persona and who he was. But I mean, just you just learned so much about those teams and watching the camaraderie and how he got along with guys after the game. Mm-hmm. You know, after the game was over, uh, in the off season, how much they respected Phil Jackson for letting him go. And play golf and take a break and leave town uh, instead of having this control freak mentality where you got to know where your guys are all the time and they got to be in the gym all the time. Um, you know, that would have just driven Jordan uh, insane. I mean, and this is, and this, I think, in episode seven is where Pippen uh, in, a, in a series against the Knicks refuses to go in the game because Phil Jackson uh, draws up a play where Pippen's going to inbound the ball to Kukoc. Mm-hmm. And Pippen says he's not going to come in the game, and Jackson says "fuck you" then. And and I don't know if he said "fuck you" then. But. Well, he said something. <laughs> Fuck him, or he, you know, he doesn't change the play. Yeah, no. Has somebody uh, else just throw the ball in? And that kind of shit just does not. It doesn't. I mean, you could see that that Pippen to this day regrets making that decision. Oh, he in, said he wouldn't change it. Yeah, of course. Well, well, I think well, he was every, every, everybody service. says they're not going to change it. Like I, you know, every, nobody wants to admit they make a mistake. But to but to give up and Jordan made a point of you know like mm. you know how would you give up on the team yeah like that it's not about over the your ego because the because the, the ball wasn't going to Jordan either 
Well, Jordan wasn't there. Oh yeah, Jordan wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, Jordan, right. Jordan. That's when Jordan was, uh, you know, playing baseball. But Kukoc just um, the shot. That, that was that was that was pretty interesting. I mean, the Bulls, um, you know, even without Jordan, they weren't a bad team. You know, they they still went pretty far in the playoffs, uh, and they had a good record without Jordan. But they just didn't make it over the hump. And then Jordan did finally return in the '95 season, uh, and that's when you know they they came up against that Orlando team, which we talked about earlier with Horace Grant, you know, being over there. But that was a good that was a good Orlando team though. I mean that Orlando yeah. team probably should have won a trophy. Uh, yeah, with with Penny, with Shaq, with Horace Grant, uh, with Rice Derek Anderson. I think it was uh, it was Derek Anderson was also an excellent player and and uh, um, yeah, there was a few others. I mean that, that was a good team. Um, and and you know they got and, and Jordan just wasn't when he came back and he was you know he was still not. In the shape that he needed to be in, he you know he was he was he was you know he just couldn't play you know the forty minutes or whatever yeah. um, that he could usually because he just wasn't in the same shape. I mean, he came back in what March or yeah, so. He came back too and early. Then, yeah, and you know he, he came back and and just you know if he was in hundred percent, then obviously I think they would have won another championship that year, um, but they just couldn't do it. But that and, yeah that and that yeah. episode gave my that was my favorite moment. Uh, other than the basketball moments of the winning the championships and and the one the first one, the first championship and then the first championship after uh, after James Jordan's passing, the first championship when he comes back in '96 mm-hmm. was when Jordan said, uh, "Winning has a price, uh, and leadership has a price." And then he starts mm-hmm. crying and he cuts he cuts it off, mm-hmm. um, because. And I don't know. This is what I took away from it. It's like anyone could be one of the guys. Like you could, anyone could be on the assembly line working. Uh, but if you want to be a winner and you want to be a leader, you're going to sacrifice uh, more than the people around you understand. And, and the sacrifice I think that you make in that situation is your personal relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he started to tear up because he he realizes or he knows that being the kind of dick that he was, that he missed out on a lot of the camaraderie and the personal connections that you get if you're just one of the guys. If you're the mm-hmm. guy that just puts the arm around you and says, everything's going to be okay. Uh, much like Kobe, you know, he didn't say everything's going to be okay. He said, fucking do better the next time. Don't make that fucking same mistake again. Yeah, and that that just, that just I almost teared up when he said that. And he started to tear up and it was just like, because it's true, because it's lonely to be in his situation, to be better than everybody else, to be more driven to make more sacrifices um, and to be held to a higher standard. That, that, that just, that got me. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I think a, a lot of the guys now that did win championships with him understand now why he did what he did and why he pushed them like he did. Um, so, I mean, it, it was an emotional moment. I didn't get that much out of it as you did, Ben, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, because a lot of these guys now that are, inter- you know, being interviewed, they, they sort of understand back then when he was fighting Kerr and, 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 you know, calling these guys bitches and hoes, um, you know, he, he was just trying to push them. But I think now they understand it back then they didn't, but I'm sure he feels bad to this day that he kind of had to do that. But, you know, the, these guys have come around, uh, and now understand why he pushed them and why they have that ring on their finger uh, or multiple rings on their fingers. And so, you know, it was an emotional moment, but, you know, they they get it now. They get it now. Yeah, and he said that, and he said it, you know, that he acknowledged it too. I mean, he doesn't want to just win it for him. He wants all the other guys on the team 
to enjoy it as well, to enjoy mm-hmm. that 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 championship as well, mm-hmm. uh, and and to win. You know, I mean, we still didn't see the '98 season, right? Uh, Not yet. Well, they're so, moving up. I mean, they're, they're getting there. I, I think. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add. Do you have anything else to add, Ben? No, I just can't. I just, I just the the level of basketball, the way that basketball was played back then, was. I know you, you may not agree. I, I just feel like it was a better style of play. It was more physical, and you know the rivalries and the personalities. You just don't you don't see that the way you see it now. It just is. It isn't the same. And it yeah. just it no, makes me no, makes me a little that. sad. No, I mean, like you said, the rivalries just don't happen now. I mean, you have guys teaming up uh, to play together, whereas back then, you know, Jordan would not have played with Isaiah Thomas. No. <laughs> you know, he hated. I mean, those guys did not like each other. Uh, you know, Bird and Magic did not like each other. Those guys just didn't. I mean, you wouldn't get these guys together on the same team. Um, you know, all those deals were made you know, by the, you know, the general managers or the owners of the teams, you know, it, it's not like the guys called up each other and said, Hey, you know, let's, let's meet up in Miami and play together as the big three. They wouldn't, they just wouldn't do that back then. It just wasn't a thing. I mean, the, the, the bulls were built, you know, the, the he didn't, they, you know, Jordan didn't call up these guys and say, Hey, do you want to come and play with me? That team was just built. It was put together. And, you know, that's, that's not something that happens anymore today. I mean, uh, you know, the, all these guys are, are much more friendly with one another, um, you have those, you know, fake tough guys like Draymond Green, who's a fake tough guy. Um, you know, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, Paul Pierce is, um, you know, he was well, not, um, you know, not he's not playing anymore. He was, eh, I guess, also a fake tough guy himself too. But I mean, you have these 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 you know personalities um, nowadays that are sort of you know fake tough guy. Whereas back then, yeah. they were tough guy, tough guys. Yeah, I mean that's why I enjoyed like Kenyon Martin. I think before he, well, I think was when he was playing with Denver. He essentially, you know, because he had a little bit of a tougher childhood than a lot of guys. And he's like, they're all pussies. I mean, that's not my word, but his word. He's like, these guys don't want to fight. None of them want to fight. They just want to throw a punch, get on TV, and hope they don't get hit. Um, And but, but, but to watch those, I mean, those Detroit, that Detroit rivalry and the Nick rivalry. And even after that, uh, I remember the Nick rivalry. The Knicks rivalry with with the Heat, which got pretty physical as well, and you just don't you don't really see that anymore. Um, and I don't know if it's better or worse, but you just don't see it anymore. And it, it maybe we're just I'm romanticizing it a little bit, maybe just a little bit. Uh, but I felt I felt <laughs> but I felt something similar to that when I first moved out here in in 2000, and I was dumb enough to to bet that I would wear a tutu to work all day uh, at my old office because I thought the Nets had a chance of beating the Lakers. And then I bet like $500 the following year, and I didn't have very much money on the Sixers. I think it was the Sixers to beat. I don't know why. Or the you, Pacers I, I, to beat the Because I came from the East Coast, man. I had East Coast pride, I don't man. Care. I mean, you got to be but, reasonable. I mean, seriously, who's going to beat that Lakers team? That, you know, that, but watching that a, those teams, that was as close as you're going to get, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, those were also, you know, from the nineties, because you know, Kobe and Shaq were also sort of from the mid nineties. You know, they they were they were sort of from that generation. Um, whereas, you know, sort of this these newer this newer crop of players, you know, from you know even LeBron forward from two thousand and three or whatever from the you know early two thousands ish. You know, it's it's not the same. 
But those yeah, moments. I mean, the level of play, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I do enjoy, you know, watching basketball now, just like I did back then. It was just, you know, it was different. But just those those moments. I, I just don't feel like I got, the, I mean, even LeBron, I don't feel like I've gotten those moments um, from him. That even even that I, that I felt when I was wooed into becoming a Laker fan in the early 2000s. I mean, there were so, I felt like there were so many of those moments on that Laker run. And even subsequent to that, there were a couple with with the Powell Kobe team, but but with those whatever that two thousand ninety nine to two thousand three two thousand four team, mm-hmm. you know Fisher's walk off and Kobe's you know buzzer beat. I mean, there were so many of those moments that you don't forget. All right, I guess I've. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm gonna start <laughs> crying. I'm just gonna start crying now. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because I'm, I, I don't know if you're waiting for me to say something or if no, you're going to no, add no, anything no, else just, because, you know, just watching you on Zoom, I was like, is, is Ben done? I just, is, is uh, my, should I comment? I just, <laughs> I just, I miss it. I miss it. I mean, I miss those. And I think that's why I've, I've latched onto the NFL the way that I have because of the physicality and the 100%, 110%, all full speed going all out is something that I don't see in the NBA the way I used to see it. And it makes me a little sad. Oh, what are you pouring over there? Oh, I'm just I'm just pouring our beverage of the night, Ben. So we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done <laughs> talking. Other than <laughs> let me say in it, I, I enjoyed the piece where his publicist was, uh, you know, writing up scripts, you know, writing up uh, what he was going to say when he announced his comeback. You know, I gave him a paragraph here, a paragraph there, and he's like, "Fuck you, Mike. You write it then." And he just wrote, "I'm, <laughs> I'm back." Right. <laughs> and and how what other athlete it, that you can remember could have wrote something like that and had it not be made fun of mm-hmm. you know i can't think of any muhammad ali maybe uh but i can't think of anybody else that could just say i'm back and everyone would know exactly what you were talking about yeah oh i mean not too many guys retire in their prime and then come back either you know it's not too many guys that you know the the, the greatest of all time you know a lot of great players that you know retire and come back a few years later. At 31. Yeah. He was fairly young. Yep. All right. Anything else to add All about? Right. Nothing else to add, Ben. All right. I'm just excited about episode 9 and 10 tomorrow night. For sure. All right. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week. Oh, I don't know if you need to grab right. it. I do. I do. Oh, okay. Uh, so give us a quick second. We're going to grab our shot of the week cue up Frane's theme song and we will get into our drinking portion of the show all right we are back with our Sort of our drinking portion of sort the of? show. Sort of. <laughs> and uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week, uh, which this week was inspired by the color of automotive coolant. It's a really nice <laughs> green color. It is, it is a really nice green color. It is the summer season. It's starting to warm up. And uh, for everybody out there, you know, maybe not driving to work as much as they used to. Uh, because they're on lockdown, but uh, remember, 
to, uh, you know, keep your liquids topped off <laughs> in your car. You know, we're running out of ideas here. So if you have ideas, uh, feel free to let us know on Instagram or on Twitter. But this is our shot of the week tonight, Ben. And this was concocted with uh, some vodka and some creme de menthe. Yes. Uh, and just for, you know, you know, for our fans out there, new listeners, uh, you know, tor- typically Franny would bring over the ingredients uh, to the studio every single week and he would mix it up. Uh, carefully and in, in a very time-consuming manner, and take wonderful pictures of it. Uh, now, the sort of the system that we've got worked out is that Friday will find the shot. I I think most of the day, like, oh my god, I hope he sends me something easy, and then he sends me a shot or a choice of shots, and I mix it to to his specifications over here. Take a a less than adequate picture of it. And then post that, uh, but he comes up with the the ideas, and then as a team we we come up with the name. Typically, Sonia comes up with the name uh, tonight. You know, she was a little under the weather, so she wasn't uh, able to participate. Uh, but that's how sort of how we have this sort of worked out now. Uh, so, Franny, this is a as you said, coolant. As I said, antifreeze. Uh, knowing that I'm from the East Coast, I call it antifreeze. You call it coolant. Uh, so what's in this? This is uh, creme de menthe and vodka. Well, you put it together. That's true. <laughs> and, and, what are, and, and what are we calling it? Uh, well, Ben, you came up with the name, actually. So uh, it is uh, Cool Your Jets. Yeah, so I am a and, closet and Jets fan. I, I think so. I, I think so, Ben. I'm, I'm starting to uh, come around and think that you are a closet Jets fan. I mean, maybe uh, I couldn't get all of New York out of me. I can't shake it all off like a dog shaking off a bath. Uh, but yeah, so I, I've I've always rooted for the Jets. I can't help it. They're the they're the Clippers of the of the football world in New York. They just can't seem to get a break, no matter how hard they may try. Uh, so yeah, so this is a little bit of Tower Vodka. So it's about fifty percent vodka, fifty percent creme de menthe. Uh, smells the color very... is just about right, Ben. I, you know the color. I, Ooh, just I, I think about. You, that's uh, a compliment for Franny. You you hit it on the. That's head a Michael that, Jordan compliment. Yeah, <laughs> could have worked harder on it. Could have you, you know you could have put a little more, <laughs> you know you could have put a little more into it. Well, true. With well, since I don't have the shot with me, Ben, I'm gonna just gonna take a shot of this Evan Williams peach. It's not the greatest. I'm gonna take a sip of this, but you sip on that uh, antifreeze inspired gonna... shot, and uh, you know let us know what you think. All right, I'm going to drink it down. Cheers, Ben. Here we go. Cheers. I'm sure it's minty. Not bad, actually. Yeah, not bad, huh? A little bit subdued in the flavor. (laughs) Not as minty as I would have expected, but not as spirity, uh, given that it's half vodka. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what what the alcohol is in a creme de menthe. Probably pretty low. Um, I would guess it's probably, uh, 30, 40%. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's that low either in creme de menthe. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's smooth, very smooth, uh, and chilled. It's very, very good. Uh, taste similar to coolant. I won't, I mean, not that <laughs> tastes like, well, actually I've never drank coolant, but it tastes, I wouldn't like, recommend it. It tastes like you what I would die. expect coolant to taste like. Coolant allegedly has a very sweet flavor, which is why you're supposed to keep it away from your animals. Um, but yeah, very sweet, very minty. Uh, the vodka did not really come through as much as I I thought it would. So I think the creme de menthe balanced out that vodka really nicely. And you could have these at a party with a wide variety of people, people that love 
you know, high, high, high octane shots, people at like low octane shots. And I think they could all probably do this shot. It was actually Jets fans, really, right, really Jets fans. It's a perfect color for the Jets. Oh, for sure. They need many, or St. Many. Patty's Day, St. Patty's Day, perfect green shot for St. Patty's Day. Add a little bit more creme de menthe and you get, you know, maybe 60, 30 creme de menthe and you get an eagle shot. <laughs> old school eagles. Yeah, the old school eagles, the Ron Jaworski <laughs> eagles, the, the yeah. Cunningham <laughs> eagles. But yeah, it's a really, really good shot. And I was very happy that Frane uh, was able to find a shot that wasn't layered. Uh, last couple of weeks, he sent me a layered <laughs> shot. Those are a little bit more difficult to 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 concoct and get right. Um, yeah, this was pretty simple. I, this I one was pretty this simple. One would, you know, it, it was it was uh, it was good for the time of year. You know, being that it's starting to warm up across the country. You know, there's a little bit of a story behind it, and also it's the same color of one of your favorite teams, Ben. So, yeah, you know, I think Ooh, I hit this one on the head, and so did you with the color on the shot. And should we move on, Ben? We should. We should. And uh, right. <laughs> for the record, I think we've done this. I don't know if we did it in the first episode, but I think we did it in either episode two or three. And so we've done about 69 or 70 of these shots since we mm-hmm. began this podcast. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And they're all on Instagram and on Twitter. And so you can look at all the pretty pictures. Absolutely. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the week, which is a rye. We haven't had a rye on the show in a little while. I do miss the spiciness of the ryes. And, you know, I think me and you, Ben, we both prefer the rye over the bourbon. And uh, this week, I think the last one we had was the Dickel, which was a terrible, terrible oh. rye on the show. So and sorry. This is the so Rittenhouse, sorry. Rittenhouse Straight Rye Whiskey. I believe this is from uh, from Philadelphia, Ben. I'm not sure if you have some information for us. Yes, this is from Heaven Hill Distillery in Bardstown. Their Bardstown campus is the site of the Bourbon Heritage Center, their boiling facility, and many of their warehouses. This is the written wait so if this is the oh sorry i have to go back one more page here my apologies folks this is their rye whiskey this is the written house rye it's a written house straight rye whiskey and it has a storied past with a heritage that commemorates philadelphia's famous written house square this award-winning whiskey carries a distinct spicy flavor and is produced in the tradition of classic rye whiskeys that once dominated the American whiskey industry. It's 100 proof. It's aged four years. It won the Ultimate Spirits Challenge at 95 points in 2019 the WSWA Spirits Tasting Competition Best Rye Whiskey in 2019, and the SF World Spirits Competition Double Gold in 2019. The color is mahogany. The aroma is dried fruits, toffee, and sweet peppers. The taste is clean, rich cocoa, citrus, cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla. That's a tall order right there. And the finish is lingering maple-like spiciness. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Uh, So you found one from Philadelphia. 
I believe they also make the Evan Williams, the Elijah Craig, and the Larceny at this this distillery in Philadelphia. And uh, what do you want? What do you want? Do you have anything to say? Why did you pick this one? Uh, I mean, it was actually highly rated, Ben. I mean, I know I know that Dickel uh, uh, was gonna, also fairly. You're gonna high, throw highly, that in my face forever, and rightfully, and rightfully rated. so. But. Uh, it it, it I, this one it was actually you know I looked at more reviews online, um, not just the one uh, from Total Wine, um, but a lot of people said some good things about this uh, this particular rye, and uh, you know it was it was fairly cheap too. I mean it was it was just over twenty dollars, um, which uh, for a rye is is quite cheap. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, I, I did, I didn't even actually know it was from Philadelphia until today, until I looked at the back of the bottle and noticed that it was from Philadelphia. So I'm sure, you know, these folks are probably Eagles fans, which is a plus. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to try this. Uh, you know, you, me and you both enjoy the rides. We enjoy that spiciness and, uh, let's give it a shot. I'm going to pour this. And what do you call the glass? The glass that we drink these out of? You have a name for this glass. Oh, the Glen Karen? The Glen Karen glass. Hey, uh, Karen. I have tried this out of a regular glass before, and Father keeps telling me not to do that. I don't know which accent you're using right there, Ben. Um, but uh, no, because we a few weeks back, I I went over to Ben's and I uh, we had a, a whiskey exchange. Um, so I poured uh, some of this rye into a, a mason jar for him, and you've been holding it now, Ben, for uh, about three weeks. Uh, last week we tried the uh, Glenn Barclays, and uh, the week before that we tried um, that Remy Martin 1738, I, I believe it was, and you know we poured that all into um, the uh, the mason jar, and uh, Ben just pouring this out of the mason jar into an actual uh, Glenn, Glenn Karen glass, glass, so you get the you know the notes and uh, the, the the right the correct aromas instead of you know just sniffing it from that deep yeah. uh, sort of uh, mason jar because you do get a lot of that alcohol con- like that that just spirit that you're sniffing and it sort of burns your nostrils where I think yeah. you get more of the actual um, you know you know beverage itself from the Glencairn it's a little more you know it's more airy I would say yeah and something new we started last week uh, we'll probably get that to you mm-hmm. uh, near the end of the tasting we're going to tell you i can't remember what it was the top movie top tv show top song uh from four years 12 years depending on how old (laughs) the the spirit is that we're drinking this one is a four-year-old last week i think we had a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old so we're going to give you a little bit of a flashback to american history when we taste these uh but i'm going to give this little one a a sniff have you given it a sniff ronnie yeah it actually smells really good Oh, it's nice. It has has that has a little bit of spiciness. It's not overpowering. It's got a nice deep. It's got a nice deep, sweet, woody. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of. Uh, I get like a little a little bit of a cinnamon sort of spice. It's nice. There, there's definitely that sweetness to it, almost like a um, a sweet pastry, almost maybe a little bit of honey in there. Oh, yeah, sweet. But it smells, it's got it a smells, sweet, fruity. Smells better than a dickle, and they're around the same price range. So, oh, that dickle! I got to start a fire was, with it or something. I mean, that didn't even taste I don't know like what a to rye. Do with it. I don't know what to it, do. It with didn't it. taste like a rye, but you might as well start mixing it with something because you can't. I don't know if I shit. leave it on the curb if somebody will just take it, or will they smash <laughs> nah, it on the curb? I don't think so. Probably just leave it there. 
Even the people collecting bottles will just smash it. They're like, I don't want this. It's not worth the five cents. Oh, that smell it. I mean, the nose is really nice. Yeah. It's got a fruity sweetness with a little bit of a spicy. I'm not getting the peppers, but. Wow, that's nice. I'm going to give it a little taste. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cheers, Ben. Ah, wow. <laughs> That's, wow. It's nice. It is clean. That's got a nice, clean. It's got a really nice mouthfeel on it. I mean, it's, it's a, there's, you know, there's it's actually soft, present. but significant. A little bit of creaminess to it. Um, You definitely get the spice. It hits you in the back of the throat. Um, It's sweet. At on the on the front of your tongue, wow. there's like a sweetness to it, and uh, it's still I'm still getting a little bit of that sort of sweet pastry sort of bready sort of taste with that spice going down. This is actually really good for um for something that's just about twenty bucks. This this wow. is actually I mean, it's, it's a good rhyme. It's I mean I, I it's definitely got a smoothness, uh, a thickness on the I mean to me on the mouthfeel a little bit. It's a little sticky, so it's got some sweetness for sure. I don't taste the citrus as much, but I do get the cinnamon and the nutmeg and the vanilla mm-hmm. for sure. I d- yeah, I get a little bit of that uh, the vanilla as well um, with a little bit of honey too. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's got that that almost a honey consti- consistency on the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Wow. 20 bucks? Yeah. I, w- I mean, it's, yeah. Shocking that it's actually uh, as complex as it is for such a low price. I bet this would make a great Manhattan. These Eagles fans, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, except for when it comes to deep in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how far the Pittsburgh made it (laughs) last season. Uh, we only have six champions. We only have four. We have six championships, yeah, and I so think it, wasn't it ago. you that was saying that just Starting a few minutes like ago that the fan. Cowboys that the Cowboys had deserve respect because they won championships a long I time say ago. That they deserve respect. I'm just saying, you know, that Jarrah did win three Super Bowls. Yeah. Jerry Jerry Jones hired Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Krause drafted Michael Jordan. Therefore, they made one really smart decision in their career, and it led to a significant number of championships. But it wasn't due to some uh, clairvoyant skill. Because anyone that hires Barry Switzer does not deserve to be in any kind of a Hall of Fame. So where would you rate this, Ben? (laughs) Uh, Um, What do you think about the finish? I think it's spicy. I mean, it has it definitely has a lot of spiciness on the back of the throat uh, and on the back of the tongue as well. You get that spiciness, um, but it's good. I mean, you also get that little bit of creaminess as well. I mean, it's 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 almost tastes maple. The, the flavors are there if you think about them. Um, you know, just as just as an everyday sipper, I'm not sure. If, I mean, it depends on on everybody's palate. If you enjoy the spice, then you'll really like this. 
Um, you know, especially for in the, within that price range of twenty dollars, good, good, good yeah, flavor. For sure. Um, but it might be overly spicy. I'm not sure if. if oh no, definitely not. Well, not for me, but we enjoy that sort of. Um, I do. I'm not sure if everybody enjoys that sort of spicy finish on the end, or you know, you just like that clean, you know, sort of uh, finish instead without that that bite at the back of the throat. But this one does bite you, and and I do enjoy it. Um, and where would you rate this, Ben? I mean, for I mean, just considering the price, and uh, you know, considering what we've tried in the past, all the other rise that we've tried in the past, and and uh, what was the whistle pig? I think the whistle pig, maybe about a month ago, may have also been a rye, and that was about a hundred dollars more. Yeah, yeah, it than was. this. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, more than a hundred dollars, uh, actually. <laughs> um, a <laughs> hundred nine dollars more. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I appreciate the birthday gift for sure. And, and I was drinking it earlier tonight. I was, I was actually drinking some of that whistle pig earlier tonight and it was good. I had more sweetness than this. This doesn't have the same amount of sweetness as this. No. Um, uh, or this is actually not as sweet, but, um, I would take the sweetness I'm not, I'm not down sure. a notch. I'm not sure if. If the I mean the whistle pig is probably a little overpriced. I mean, it, just just considering how this tastes and and the way the whistle pig did taste. Oh, for um, sure, for sure. The whistle pig obviously it's more complex. I, you know, there are certain flavors there that I do enjoy more than this. But for twenty bucks, yeah. For what you, what you're getting, you get seven bottles of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that this is. Uh, yeah, you. Well, I would say, you, I would say a, a seven out of ten. I would say this ooh. is a seven out of ten. I was coming in at a 6.5 again. <laughs> but considering the price. Uh the considering price the, considering the price, I would give it I would agree. I would give it a 7. I would take the sweetness down just a notch. Cuz there's almost it's like got a, a little bit of a mapley thickness sweetness that that's that's nice in the beginning, but as you drink it more, it's a I think it's a little bit too sweet. Mm-hmm. The spice, the spice, I love. Uh, the nose, I love, and the finish is amazing. I, I just think it's a little too sweet. But I would give it a seven for for twenty bucks. Yeah, are you kidding me? It's it's a thousand times better than the George Dickel, which was like twenty one ninety nine, give or take, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Twenty four bucks. You know, it, it really. I mean, the the flavor of it does rival. You know. More expensive rise. I mean, not much more expensive rise, but rise within the thirty or forty dollar range. Um, Shit, you, you know, take so the sweetness down a notch, you could you can get up there with the whistle pig almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, well, the whistle pig. You know, I was just I was shipping down it earlier tonight. Also, has, it has uh, sweetness. It's just a different type of sweetness. Um, you know, there's 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 that sugary sweetness, and there's that sort of honey sweetness, that maple. I mean, there's different types of you know sweetness categories. Uh, it just the whistle pig has a different type of sweetness that doesn't it doesn't hit you the same way no and it's they really the source same. it i mean they really mm-hmm. source their barrels really well at mm-hmm. whistlepeg i mean they really know how to source it and mix it up in vermont i mean they really do a great job of that but yeah i would give it a seven i would drink this and i will drink this in post-production because it's that good <laughs> i mean it's no hard bag Mm. 
but the spiciness is intense and it's it's exactly what you would expect in a rye and what you would want in a rye i mean it's mm-hmm. not up there with the old forester yet i think the old forester I don't know if it was the 100. I can't remember which one it was, but that's probably still my all-time favorite rye that we've tasted. And uh, so Franny gives it a seven. I give it a seven. Uh, Franny, what's what's uh, what happened four years ago today when this uh, you know, I'm, was I'm in the barrel? That right now. And the number one movie four years ago in May of 2016 was, wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was Captain America Civil War. A movie that I've never watched and don't care to watch. <laughs> but that was the number one movie. The at deterioration the time. of our country. Okay. <laughs> and uh, on Billboard, top hot 100 week of, it says May 21st. We're close enough to that. Uh, the number one song at that time, was it One Dance? I have by no idea. Drake featuring oh. Wizkid and Kyla. Uh, yeah, anything that says featuring? <laughs> pass yeah. <laughs> and uh you know the top news stories i haven't looked at the top news stories just yet but we'll i'll i'll, I'll look for that in just a moment right now na- right now as uh as we transition to, to beer? our beer of the week which i'm going to grab from the fridge and also look for our top stories in the news from 2016 in may all right folks we will be right back with our beer of the week which we're really excited to taste from san diego and islander ipa from coronado brewing hold tight All right, and we are back, Ben. You pulled your uh, your beer from the fridge, right? Or was it in the cooler? Oh, it's in the cooler right next to me on ice, baby. Uh, all right, perfect. So you got your beer ready to go. And next up on the big board, of course, we have our beer of the week, which uh, it comes in this huge bottle, Ben. And thank you. This is such a huge bottle. It's from Islander. It's Islander <laughs> such IP. a huge bottle. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is a big bottle. This is this is quite large. That's a large bottle of beer. Islander <laughs> IPA from a Coronado Brewing Brewing Company. Ben, I'm sure you have some information. And actually, before we get into that, yeah, uh, we I had want to finish the, up the four year. Yeah, the top movie we had the top movie, which was uh, Amer- uh, Captain America: Civil War, and we also had the top song, which was a Drake song. And uh, let's see, top news story from today, four years ago, when the IPA uh, was put in the barrel. Uh, was uh, it was actually a pretty deadly day. It was uh, Iraqi civil war uh, from the 17th of May 2016, Baghdad bombing. 69 people are killed and 230 injured in a series of bombs. So it was a pretty deadly day in news on that day four years ago. Uh, and there was also other news uh, from the U.S. It was um, voters in the American state of Oregon have their mail-in ballots counted for a Democratic Party and Republican Party primary. Donald Trump is the projected winner. We know exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you know, we ever? In, do we in, ever? Later in the year, and the projected winner on the Democratic side was Bernie Sanders. Ben, so um, that was uh, 2016 in May on this exact date. Um, you know, those were the news headlines of the day, both international and national. Oh, that's depressing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the uh, Coronado Brewing Company. They opened their doors to their beach brew pub on Coronado Island down outside San Diego in 1996. 
and they wanted it to be the kind of place where friends could enjoy great beer, a good meal, and a laid-back atmosphere. What do you say? San Diego wanted a laid-back atmosphere. I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> the award-winning beer is now available coast-to-coast, but is in the dank, spirit... Bro? It's, uh, is it? I don't know, man. Is it? Has it been what dank so that? far? Uh, I think that was. Um, God, I can't yeah, remember, a, bro. I, I mean, forget which beer it was. Dude, that also was, from San Diego. That was many weeks ago, bro. I mean, that's yeah. ancient history now. Drake is ancient history now. Um, their award-winning beer still uh, has the spirit of their family owned brewery and their spirit has not changed they're sharing their passion for craft celebrating their authentic coastal vibe and now they're just begging for it coastal vibe all inspired by their san diego roots uh this is actually a a pretty interesting little little I, i mean i think it might be good i mean i can't say for sure but it might be good uh this is the islander ipa it's an IPA that's a hometown hero, according to the website. It's named after Coronado Island. The original India Pale Ale is a liquid expression of hometown pride. Centennial, Chinook, and Columbus hops combined. Oh, we've got to make a beer one of these days. To provide mm-hmm. an explosive burst of piney bitterness. One of Frane's favorite. And luscious notes of apricot, which Frane also likes, and mango, and are sure to evoke an imagery of swaying palms and sun-kissed shores. Uh, the yeah, alcohol bro. by volume is 7%. The IBU is 65 And the food pairings... What do you think the food pairing is? From Dang. San Diego. <laughs> Tacos. Tacos is the food pairing. Are you serious? Is that what it's it is? It's the most stereotypical thing ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, the food pairing. They couldn't Taco. come up with anything better or more clever than tacos? No. Well, quesadillas. I guess it could be worse. Yeah. Uh, they could have said quesadillas. Is it dank, though? <laughs> this sure smells like it, bro. <laughs> uh, sorry, listeners. Those of you that have been with us for a long time know that we tend I wouldn't to mind de- deteriorate here at the end of the show. I like show. San Diego. Friday likes he likes the board shorts and the you know the sandy <laughs> flip flops under your feet. I, I, I like San Diego. All right, I like to get the crab shack and just get some some legs and just <laughs> chill with some steamers, man. No, I don't like seafood, Ben. <laughs> I know he doesn't like seafood, even though he's from Croatia. But I do eats. like beer, though, Ben, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm the only. I go to Croatia, and I'm the only one that's picking barnacles off. The breakers to eat them, and the rest of the crew, you know, the rest, Sonia and Franny are telling me I'm crazy, but you luckily, are. luckily, I have, you know, people there that will eat them with me. <laughs> All right, you want to give it a taste? Let's give it. Well, let's give it a smell, Ben. Let's let's see. Uh, well, the color is nice. The color. The let's color first. Uh, the color is a nice yellow. Definitely what you expect from an IPA. You know, a little bit more yellow than I would expect, but it's yeah. nice. Yeah, very nice. But the smell, though, you could smell that. Oh, it smells, that smells delicious, nice. slight citrusy notes. Oh, that smells nice. I smell the pine. Yeah, actually, you, you kind of can. Um, well, let's give it a shot, Ben. Cheers to you. Oh, that's nice. That yeah, is really it does. nice. It smells really nice, actually. Uh, Frowning's not going to like it. It doesn't have a crisp finish. It does not. But it has a little bit of a sourness to it. But it has on the, the finish. flavor like that of- is really good. That little bitter sourness on the finish and it's still lingering. It's lingering on the back of my throat right now. And it's almost like a like a sour patch kid. 
like that sour, sour patch kid that, like that little sourness that you get right at the, like that kind of bites you at the back of the tongue right there uh i like it it's not crisp but it does have a very good uh, uh, aftertaste i mean that it, it, it's not something that bothers you by sitting at the back of your throat it's actually pretty good no, it goes away pretty fast yeah i still taste it oh but it's got a nice piney citrusy not bitterness not it's got a ton of the pine it's got a little bit of a good thick it's got a nice thickness to it i like it well, i like it too i mean it, it's um it's 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 definitely hoppy i mean the hops hit you um but on the finish i'm not getting a lot of the pine i'm getting the sourness i'm getting the sour bitterness which i don't mind at all um and the citrusy notes too so the citrusy notes and the sourness and the hop but I wouldn't say that this is better than our IPA that we had last week. When you taste them back to back, you can sort of taste the subtle differences. And I would say that that Dale's was a little better in my opinion, Ben. I don't know about you. I think so. Yeah. The, yeah? the, the finish on this is is less than ideal. Ideal, yeah. It's got a nice set, a nice nose. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice taste on the tongue. And then when you swallow it, it's just got a dryness. It just sort of, yeah. not I mean, a crispness, it, has, it just sort of goes away. It has but it has an good, aftertaste that... It lingers, man. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's bitter, which I don't mind, but I just wish it would kind of disappear a little more quickly and, you know, have a little bit of crispness to it. But when it enters your mouth, it's... It, it, All it, right, it, here we go. It, <laughs> When, when it's it, not it the first story that he's it, that he started you, that way. <laughs> it hits you with that hoppiness and the, all that goodness, but then on the finish, it's just it kind of disappears and it's it kind of makes you think like where did all that flavor go that initially entered? I don't know. It's not not as good as last week's IPA. That's for sure. It lacks a deepness. Hmm. But where would you rate this pen? And the complexity. The complexity our, is is. I think is, last week, as soon as last it week, you, you, it smells great, and it hits your mouth, and then it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. I mean, it's not gone. It's just it's it's. It seems like the flavor sort of changes. Like it's, it's like you expect one flavor, and then it finishes differently than you would expect when you first sip on it. Um, but you know, last week, Ben, I mean, you rated that beer a nine out of ten, which is I like the know, Dales. That, that was, was good. Yeah, I wish I had bought more of those. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll be able to find them. But uh, where would you rate this one, though? I mean, not on the same level, I would say. If I'm being honest, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. I was also thinking about the same thing. I mean, the the, the color is great. There's the flavor actually, is great. Initially. There's a, of, you know, there's a, a good amount of head as well. It smells wonderful. Um, the initial flavor is good, and then it just finishes. Nah. It's, it's that's I mean that's that's kind of what it's like man but look at a glass it's, I mean look at the amount of head that's that that hangs on the glass yeah no it's plenty of head the you know, color there's, is great there's I mean, a, the, there's the, a the nose is great it just has no thickness to it but it just it lacks that, that, a flavor it just lacks a good finish even the flavor it, it sort of goes away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it hits your tongue and it's there and then it's sort of it doesn't hang. Mm-hmm. And the more you drink it, 
you know, it's it's um, the aftertaste starts to sort of. Oh, it's kind of bothering me now. It's just lingering there. It's not disappearing, and I'm just and, not getting it. And bro, crisp. I want to. I want to hang. Yeah, bro. I just want to hang out, bro. Bro, <laughs> this would be great with some tacos, bro. Hey, that's what the website said, bro. Maybe if we had some tacos right now, this would taste so much better. You know, some tacos from San Diego. You know how great the tacos are in San Diego, man. Well, Toby has a I, has a taco truck. Also, Derek, Derek has one too. Hey man, it's not like Derek's, LA. <laughs> you see Derek's mom, bro. Uh, Derek's mom is hot, bro. Yeah, she came. She picked him up in that black GL Mercedes, bro. Bro, she was drinking a Bud Light in the car, <laughs> dude. All right, before we get too annoying now, uh, Ben, give That's us a just, six. That was a reference to something I saw today in my neighborhood where a woman was walking down the serious? street with a Bud Light just sort of yelling at cars on the side of the road. I was like, okay, all right. All right it, cool. it, we're, officially, we're officially in quarantine now. <laughs> all right, so you give it a six, Ben, and I also give this a six as well. Uh, I think maybe that's the problem with trying you know, multiple IPAs you know, back to back, because you could, you could, maybe it's a good thing too, because you kind of taste the subtle differences between what we had last week and we had this week. You know, it, maybe if we had, you know, just a, a Pilsner or whatever, or some sort of a, um, some type of ale or something, I don't know, uh, the week before that. You know, we, we, we you know, we'd probably say this is a pretty decent IPA, but after tasting that Dale's, which was, you know, pretty, Darn good. Yeah, Last you made week, fun you of the this. can. Oh, no, I made fun of the can, but I also gave it an eight out of ten. Which, I mean, it was it was a very good IPA. And you taste this one this week, and it's a little disappointing. Uh, you know, especially with no uh, you know, when you pour it, the color and the smell and everything. It just it was sort of disappointing on the finish. But and no six carbonation. Out of 10 and six out of ten. Yes, agreed. All right, Franny. Anything else to add about anything we talked about? Nothing. Tonight. I'm sure we're, we're running over. Yeah, we're only at two hours and 30 minutes. All right. Housekeeping, Ben. All right. <laughs> Housekeeping. We're going to end the show, folks. Thank you so much for staying with us for an entirety of another show. All of you that are still with us, we love you so, so much. This is Thirsty Gold Podcast, a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com. From there, you can see and subscribe to all of our past episodes. You can check out our show notes and get links to all of the stories we cover, all of the browns, the beers, the shots, everything that we drink on the show. You can get links to all the podcatchers. Apple Podcast, Castbox, Castbox, uh, Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, any any of the podcasters out there. Been a long day, folks. Or you can get links uh, to the stories. To you can leave a review of our show. Please leave us a review. Friday, how many stars on a review? Five stars, man. Only you can, five stars. You can email us at podcastthirstandgold.gmail.com. You can call us. Look for our phone number in the show notes. You can follow us on our Twitter account, which is mediocre with an at goal thirst. You can follow us on Friday's amazing Instagram account at thirstand. And you good. can check out all of our photography and the rest of it. So thank you all so 
so much. Franny, anything to say to our fans before we wrap up another great episode? Oh, no. Thank you so very much for listening to us. Yes. And thank you all. We'll be back next week. Thanks to all the first responders, everyone out there delivering our groceries, working in the grocery stores, uh, working in healthcare, working at uh, Postmates, Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, all of that stuff. In the garage. And (laughs) and working in the garage. But thank you all so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.